Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com forward slash swoopsworld. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. That's audibletrial, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L.com forward slash swoopsworld. You're listening to the Talk Story Radio Network. Welcome to another edition of Swoops World, right here on the new Talk Story Radio Network. Swoops World, where you get all you need to know about arts, culture, news, and happiness. Our number, if you want to give us a call tonight, is 562-912-3444. You can always email us at swoopsworld at gmail.com, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter. Once again, if you want to give us a call, that number is 562-912-3444. Now just sit back and enjoy Another edition of Swoops World on the new Talk Story Radio Network. I can pick this up. Yes. Yeah, put the, uh, put the master volume up. All right. Master volume. They're all up? Oh, okay, that's better. That's better. better. Whatever you just did, that that's much better. Okay, cool. So, uh, here we go, man. Yeah. Can you hear me, hear me? Gotcha. All right. Awesome. Welcome to another awesome. edition of Swoops World Late Night. It is February 4th, <laughs> 2015, and uh, it's been a scramble, man. We've had to scramble here to get this shite together tonight. But, yeah. Uh, so far, we'll see how it works out. We got a backup mic if this doesn't work, and uh, we'll, we'll hang we in. We are there. operational. We though. are operational. That is true. So, uh, hey, welcome back to the show. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, whoa, we got a full night tonight. Uh, we got uh, the three of us will be here. Uh, T Bone hasn't arrived yet. Of course, we have uh, AD. Uh, we'll be talking to AD. Uh, we got Brewskies and uh, T Bone's timeout. So, you know, a lot of good stuff. How's your week been, man? Been okay. You know, yeah, not yeah. too bad. Nothing to, you know, nothing to write home about, but nothing, nothing going wrong either. It's just one of those sort of getting through. My wife's been doing a bit of traveling. That's always a little stressful for me because with, with the kitties. Uh, but uh, other than that, kind of same old, same old. How about you? Well, you know, uh, not much different. You know, running around doing the same stuff as normal, but. Uh, Kind of following the news, some crazy stuff, man. That this thing, uh, this whole Bruce Jenner thing's kind of a kind of strange. Oh, I knew, I knew about that ten years ago. You know what? It, it, it's really. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Just you know, it's a late reaction. <laughs> ten years ago. Oh, well, speak to me, old wise man. Ten, ten years ago, man. I was at an event, uh-huh. uh, and um, it was at Bruce Jenner's house. Oh. In Malibu, uh-huh. and he wasn't there, but he, his wife at the time, he was his former, recently former. They were in the middle of getting divorced, yeah. so I don't know if they'd already happened, but anyhow, uh, she was a member of the organization that was holding the event, so she volunteered her home, which was uh, gorgeous and all that. And um, turns out that this woman, 
her niece was on our staff mm-hmm. of that the, the organization I was part of at the time, and so she knew that, that was Uncle Bruce to her. Yeah. And one of the reasons why they were getting divorced was because <laughs> he had decided he was not a man anymore, yes. and he was he was constantly. I never actually saw him, right. but I mean he was. Off that he, the place was big enough that he could, you know, he could dress up and unless the servants people were there, he could do what he wanted, and yeah. and that's what he did. And so their their relationship uh, sort of dissolved, and uh, and so yeah, so I knew that I knew that, and in fact, what had happened at the time uh, is somebody had discovered some. Uh, Taking some pictures, somebody had taken pictures and sold them to yeah. at that time, and he had successfully, basically, between threatening to sue and willing to pay a little bit of money, squel- squelched it. Um, so it was just it just was a matter of time. But that was that was ten years ago. You know what's interesting is uh, I, I was reading a, or no I was listening to some um, a report, and uh, they said that he actually told uh, Kardashian before they got married, right? You know, this is what he wanted to do, right? And she's like, yeah. Oh, well, that's no, why no. he just left the woman he was with oh, yeah. was for that reason. And, and, and so, she, and she's like, no, 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 this is good. We can get married and stuff like that. And so, uh, you know, they got married and all this kind of stuff. And but I guess you know, as time went on and things you know changed, I guess you know, one of the reports I heard today, she's taking it real hard. You know, she's right. taking it real hard. But uh, he's like, apparently, you know, other people in the family said, hey, he's been upfront about it the whole time. So okay. But you know what's really weird is, I mean, we've, we've, you know, we've seen stories of, you know, transgender people and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, uh, there's a tennis player, a couple of them, I remember. There was one who, she actually uh, was a man, you know, transgender to a female, and she wanted to play in the... uh, Women's t- this is back in the seventies or eighties. Wow, and, uh, I don't remember that. Compete, yeah, because she had been a professional uh, on the men's side. Uh, <laughs> she wanted to compete. Yeah, you can change what you want, but yeah. at that point, you yeah. know. Yeah. But I think as far as the, you know, nowhere near the popularity of Bruce. Oh Jones, yeah, you know, just, yeah, Mister All American, yeah, Mister yeah, Everything, yeah. Mister. I mean, the guy was a stud. Yeah. I mean, he, yeah, he was. Gold medals. Yeah, what he, he did the triathlon. Not the. Uh, he did the, the, uh, the, the, the decathlon. The decathlon. Yeah, decathlon. And yeah. crushed it. Yeah. I mean, he was yeah. like the first guy that was on the Wheaties box. I don't know if he was the first, but, but he's the first one I remember. remember. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I think he may have been the first. I think, uh, you know, the first big big name on there. Um, so yeah, it, it was it. That was a stud. So yeah, that's a little odd uh, in that respect. I mean, not, not casting judgment, just like when yeah. you just. Like you say, he's a big name and a big, you know, you just catch people off guard, that's for sure. <laughs> I mean, I didn't believe it when I was being told and until they started telling me some of the things that they had seen, and this, this woman, uh, the niece, and I was like, I mean, she wasn't the kind of person to lie yeah, about her uncle, you know? Why would you make that up, right? Yeah, why would you make that up? It's like, oh, wow, okay. Well, it's interesting. I guess there's an article coming out uh, this week in one of the magazines where he's a uh, Telling uh, people magazine or something like that, so he's going to talk about it all and stuff like that. But it's just kind of it's kind of the thing, you know. It, it, it's it's been everybody's been talking about it for like a year or two now, yeah. you know, and you know things are been it's going on. So it's like really a surprise at this point, but still, it's, it's like you said, you know. You know the other you gotta. That's a hard thing to do, right? I mean, obviously, right? I mean, 
Yeah. That's a really hard thing. Yeah. And especially for someone who's so popular. Because, like, if I if that happened to me, I'm like, okay, I, I am a woman. I'm going to become... I'm make the transformation. I'm going to do that. So the five of us are know you. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm pretty much nobody. You know, nobody's gonna there's not, certainly not gonna be any paparazzi showing up to take exactly. my pictures, and and it's still going to be incredibly, yeah. incredibly difficult for me, and my family, blah blah blah. Right? If I mean, for him, can you imagine? Just that's just got to be that much harder to yeah, do everything. At, uh, I guess the the other big name celebrity in the sense that I could think of would be Chaz Bono, but he. You know, chastity was just—I mean, still not as big as, as, no. and famous as uh, Bruce Jenner. I, I and say. and in—I mean—in show business, so right. show business, those people are—you know—I mean, weird anyhow, right? That's that's, <laughs> that's you know what I mean. Yeah, exactly. You're like, well, well, of course, the Hollywood, 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 of course, yeah, you know. Yeah. But Bruce Jenner, Olympian, gold medalist, decathlon, stud kind of guy. That's. That's just a lot harder. I think it's just, for him, that him, her, I don't know how to say that correctly. Uh, that's just going to be really, I got to believe that's just even that much harder. Well, yeah, I mean, and you, you think about it, there's a, there's a helicopter pilot, a news pilot around here, uh, Bob Turr. Uh, he's, you know, he, he's fam- you know, famous for the area, local news. As uh, a matter of fact, I think he's the guy that got all the shots of the, uh, when the, uh, the riots broke out with the football guy, Denny, the, mm. uh, they threw the... They throw a fire hydrant or something, you know, hit him with yeah. the thing or brick. All that yeah, bricks. Yeah, yeah, bricks and stuff. You know, he was a, he was a pilot over that and uh-huh. stuff like that. And uh, he just went, he just changed. And I forgot his name. I forgot what his name is now, or her name is now. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, he's uh, back flying again with uh, I think E or one of the one of the entertainment shows now. Yeah. And this week was uh, her first day back at work apparently. Um, and telling the story, but you know, he's been on the morning news uh, on the KTLA morning news a couple times over the last year, and you know, same kind of thing. I mean, he's you know, he's a big helicopter pilot, and you know, he's getting all these you know, you know, in the mix shots, you know, stuff like that. And, and, and he said he, he was talking about it. you know, he was he was very machismo, and he had this you know, had this you know, kind of his manly macho job, and, yeah. you know, flying in and doing these kind of things. I don't know if he was a military pilot too. Uh, which, you know, I'm not saying there's a lot of women that fly military, you know, choppers and planes and stuff. But, you know, he had this whole, you know, what do you call it, aura about him. And, uh, you know, so there's like, you know, two of these kind of macho guys that we've kind of, as of the uh, view we've had of them over right. the last, you know, over the years. Uh, you know, all in the same, you know, kind of time frame. So it's, it's interesting. And uh, I know it's got to be, like you said, that's got to be, I mean, you make a decision like that. I mean. You know, everybody's on the outside looking in, but that had to be some some, some real soul yeah, searching going on before you decided to go. You know, yeah. do that. So, um, but uh, like I said, it's been it's been popping up a lot lately, and uh, it was you know, to me, I, I haven't known for ten years. <laughs> <laughs> so it, you know, it's still kind of you know, wow, uh, Bruce Jenner, you know. <laughs> You know, you think of all these guys, you know, he's not the one I would think of. Nope. <laughs> no, no. Uh, yeah. Me neither. The other strange thing this week was uh, uh, Whitney Houston's daughter, uh, you know, Bobby Christina. You know, Whitney Houston died, what they said, about, I think it was three years ago yeah, this was, week. Oh, really? And, and you know, face, right, though, yeah. face down in the bathtub. Right. That's where her daughter was found this week, face down in the bathtub. Um you know, she's. I think I don't know if she's still in a induced coma on a ventilator, but uh, oh. 
you know, the, there's a lot of you know a lot of speculation going on, and they say you know the police searched the house first time, didn't find drugs. They went back and found drugs. There's somebody there, and this that, and the other. But on the flip side of that, um, some of the articles I've been reading, they were saying that you know every year around this time she gets really, really, really despondent, hmm. uh, and you know, and uh, to me, I don't know if it's, is it is it just you was you replicating her mom's thing? Is I mean, it's it's really uh, it's you know super sad. Yeah, uh, but uh, you know, it was just God. It was just strange. You know, it's, it, I don't think it's a coincidence that she's found the same way her mom was found. Right. You know. Um, so, well, wait and see what happens with that. And uh, you know, that, you know, families go through. You know, when you see families that have the same, you know, tragedy after tragedy after tragedy, you kind of go, wow. You know, that's kind of take its toll. Yeah. Yeah. So. You would think. Yeah. 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 Well, those are the big two news things that I, I kind of remember. You know, you know, we, I'm sure we're gonna, you know, when we get to talk to AD and we talk to T-Bone, we'll talk to Super Bowl and stuff like that. Super Bowl. You picked the right, but it didn't. Not through the, but the, your 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 reason for picking it was wrong. That's, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, I agree. I mean, I I thought uh, I, I I had said that for those who who didn't listen, I had said that I thought they were gonna. Seattle was gonna get all the pressure and and. The, not your reason. You said it was gonna be a blowout though. You said, you, you said you thought uh, that. Uh, I don't know if I called a blowout, but I, I thought I thought I thought that Seattle was going to kind of crumble under the pressure. Right. Is what I thought. I, I mean, it might have been close or not. I don't know if I said anything about that, but I definitely thought they were going to crumble under the pressure, and I don't think that's how they lost no, no, whatsoever. Um, so in that way, I was definitely wrong. Uh, but what? I thought most, it was awesome. Most watched TV event in U.S. history. Oh yeah. Yeah. Bigger I thought it was a great game. Bigger than any inauguration, any other Super Bowl, any funerals, yeah. wars. I, it, that to me, it's the best Super Bowl I can remember oh, in recent memory, for sure. It, was, it came down to pretty much the last <laughs> play of the, the game. game. I was like, that's yeah. what you want. In a, and, I, you know, I was pulling for Seattle, even though I picked uh, uh, New England to win. But I... I I wasn't a big fan of either team, so I was more of a neutral in that regard. And uh, I think that's about as good as you possibly expect from a game. Um, yeah. You go into the halftime tie and come down to the very, very last play of the game. Get the ball to Lynch, man. I know. Uh, <laughs> Carol's going to get a ton of heat for that. I, I, could, I mean, you had four downs to get in. Yeah. They had just gotten the first down. He had four downs to get in. You give to Lynch twice, and then if that doesn't work, yeah, then you down. then you maybe you know do the play action and then the the slant or, or something like that or the screen or you know something play action at that point. But Lynch is—I mean, it's not like Lynch is hurt as far as we know, and it's not like he and, had a bad game. And no, he'd he, been on. You just, just picked up. <laughs> he'd been <laughs> on. They could even when they hit him at the line, he still gained three yards. Yeah. And that what they were at, like the one and a half or something They're like that. So one yard line. I don't and know. If you, if I think you, he made a mistake. You saw Lynch was open on that play. He, he was he was literally open because when he when when Russell Wilson threw the ball, if you look to the further downfield, because what Lynch did, he ran he ran through the line. Right. I think a linebacker was on him, and then he peeled left to the flat. And, yeah, but see, I think on he that was, he was open. I think on that play, it was going to that guy. It was. He had to be as a bang bang play, and I think the whole point of Lynch was to draw people out. Right, but if they didn't play action fake, I if you're going to draw people out, fake it to him. I know, I, I know, I know. It doesn't make, and you, you got to hand it to I forget the guy's name who made the interception. That was well, you know what? I a get, great I get, reaction. I, I, give, I give the I give the refs credit on that one because that could have. 
to my opinion, that could have easily been a pass interference call because you know it looks like it looked like he ran through the receiver to get the ball. But that being said, I think it was a great non-call. Yeah, because you know it just, uh, you just you just don't want that right there, and uh, and it was close enough where you you, you could say nah, you know. Yeah, I, I thought it was the right right everything, um, and it was a hell of a defensive play. I mean, that guy. That's that's something you can't think. Oh, it's going there. You got to be on it. And, and then he's got to just blew the play play before. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 that's a play that's easy to like. It's easier to break up than it is to actually pick off. Right. You know, because you're coming kind of from behind. Usually, usually that's how they do it. Yeah. Usually they get a hand in there and swat it yeah. down. For him to cut in that way, I mean, it's just all around was just a great game. And uh, yeah. I, I uh, especially as, a, as like I said, more or less a neutral. That's. Exactly what you want, uh, and I knew you know, my son was like, "Oh, this game's over when New England scored." I said, "No, nope, they scored way <laughs> too quickly, way too quickly." And that, catch, that almost that cost that them. Made when he fell down and the ball bounced. Oh out. my god! <laughs> now with some serious luck there. I mean, it was a great play. Yes, it was. But that ball went up in the air. It could have gone anywhere. anywhere. It came straight <laughs> down. If it is, but it, still being focused, because you know when you, oh, know, he, you get knocked to the ground, you're not yeah. Forward. No, he made a great play, but yeah. he also got really lucky that it, oh, yeah. it, it came in the right direction, exactly. so he was able to make the play because that could have just as easily bounced anywhere. Ten yards left, right, yeah. anything. You know, could have easily bounced and, and become a pick. I mean, that so it was a it was a combination of a great and lucky play. I mean, just again, it had everything. It had every everything that you want the finals to have. So exactly. <laughs> So that was that was that was cool. That was that was a good that was a good time. I was I, I want to see how to win, but I, you know what? I, I I got a great game, so you can't. You, that was good football. Yeah. Football. Oh yeah, yeah, it really was. And, and you know, just kind of watching the the chess match between the offensive coordinators and defensive mm-hmm. coordinators and the constant and, adjustments. Yeah. You like you oh this play keeps working this keep and then all of a sudden oh they figured it out. <laughs> then it's like okay so now now they're gonna fake that play and go over here and do that and like, like the screens the screens were working so well in the beginning and. For New England, and then you saw those. Those were they were reading. They started picking that up. Those went away. Lots of it was good. Again, it's just and I mean, I think five penalties, four penalties, the whole game or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Which is all nice. The, all the penalties I think came at the end of the game. Yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, it was. It so was, that's another good thing to see. You know, when when you have the top two teams, you you like to see them playing clean, and you also like to see the refs not calling the ticky tack stuff. You exactly. know. Uh, so they were playing hard. It was good. It was a, it was a really enjoyable game for sure. I'm with you, man. You're listening to Swoops World on the Talk Star Radio Network. We're going to take a quick break, and uh, we'll come back and chat some things up. We might even open up, open up the phone lines. We haven't done that in a long-ass time. This is Rasmus Stewart, and this is called Midtown. Back after this.
Got no style, got no moves. What about you? Who knows who now? To our world today. What's your question? Our continents make up 29% of the Earth's surface, meaning that 71% is comprised of water. Man automatically adapts to environmental conditions. So why do I need to take swimming lessons? Are you ready for kids who eat healthy? Good nutrition can lead to great things. To find out how a healthy lifestyle can help your child succeed, go to mypyramid.gov. Brought to you by the Ad Council and USDA. Is that a faucet running? That's not a faucet. That's a river rushing through the forest. Forest rivers provide over 100 million people with clean water to drink. What? I can't hear you because of the vacuum. That's not a vacuum. That's the trees in the forest cleaning up the air we breathe. I didn't know the trees were so amazing. Yep, and the forest gives us shade, trees to climb. That's awesome. Let's go explore some more. Visit the forest today and enjoy all it does just for you. To learn more about the forest and find one near you, go to discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. You're listening to the Talk Story Radio Network. Hey, this is Sean Paul on the Wall, and you're listening to Swirl. And welcome back to Swirl on the Talk Story, Talk Story Radio Network. And uh, yeah, we'll do some open lines for a little bit. If anybody wants to call in, it's 562-912-3444. That's good tonight. 562-912-3444. You did some research over there, man. Like, like, you know? Yeah. Hey, you, you said the story about Shig Knight, too, right? Nope. Oh, man. <laughs> Where you been? <laughs> I know you. You're like, you, you, you like these, uh, I know you do. You read, you read the paper every day. Yeah. You know, I you know, I haven't this past week. I've been, I don't know why. i just been. <laughs> yeah, man. You got arrested again. Uh, been charged with murder, man. Uh, ran over some guys. Uh, one of them died, and uh, you know questions. Uh, they were filming a movie type of thing. He apparently had an argument. Oh, and said he backed over the guy and uh, said he uh, didn't <laughs> didn't know he did it. So uh, uh-huh. the hit and run thing for first. Accidentally ran over. Yeah, exactly. So uh, that was an interesting story, and we'll be following that for for some time here and see what's going on with that. And uh, <laughs> but 
you know the news the news this week uh, has had a lot of a lot of interesting things going on with uh, what, what's happening in the world, and uh, we're going to kind of chat about some of those too. Peter had to step away for just a second, and uh, so I'm, I'm kibitzing to keep talking to yourself. Rooms. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm multitasking though. I'm <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, it was uh, it was a hit and run. I mean, the thing came out in the news that they were looking for this truck. These two guys got hit in the parking lot here in Compton, and you know one of them died. This other. Then, like hours later, they said the truck they were looking to belonged to Suge Knight. Hmm. And this and other. And then he turns himself in. Like I don't know. Let's say this happened in the afternoon, and he turned himself in in uh, like 3 a.m. or something like that. You know, with his attorney and stuff like that. He said, uh, you know, it was, first they said it was self. First they said it was an accident. He didn't know it was going. What would happen? But, you know, there was people who were trying to fight him, and he was trying to get away. And the witnesses say he backed, he backed over him, and then he backed over, ran over him after that. And he says he didn't know he hit anybody. <laughs> so, well, you hit somebody once, maybe you didn't see him. <laughs> if, you, if you hit him, and then you ran over him after you hit him. Yeah. Yeah. If you change gears <laughs> from forward to reverse. Uh, it's going to be a tough sell there. <laughs> You're not buying it? Yeah, I'm just saying it. It definitely uh, sounds suspicious, and perhaps the police should investigate. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> so, and he's saying the guy died? One of the guys died, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, apparently, uh, he kneels on knew of these guys, too. But isn't he the one that uh, hung vanilla ice out the window of the hotel on Sunset? Sounded familiar. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, that was one of the stories that uh, came out years and years ago. And actually, I was going to say, that was years ago. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't yeah, mean... he, wanted them to sign, he wanted them to sign a contract with him. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the guy's, I mean, the guy's got some, uh, you know. He's, he's, he's got some rough edges. He's got some rough edges. I mean, yeah, they said that, you know, if he's convicted of this, this is his third strike. And third strike was 25 to life. So, Oof. yeah, um, you know, it's probably it. He, he, did, he went to his arraignment. Yesterday, and uh, pled not guilty, and then promptly went to the hospital with chest pains. So, there you have it. Wow, did not didn't know about that one. That's <laughs> that's some good stuff that might need to look into. Yeah, yeah. So that was uh, and then the, well, the other uh, the great story of the week. Uh, I actually uh, texted it to you. Uh, this article, uh, I, we got to find it. We'll talk about it later. The uh, the bronze. Oh yes, <laughs> yes. That's uh... you were. You know, you one time talked about looking into doing some bronze work. And yeah. I, so as soon as I saw that, I, I uh, gate is locked per uh, Tebow. Oh, <laughs> that has been uh, the doing of my wife. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, we'll we'll tell the story about the bronze uh, body part. Uh, that we, uh, we we saw today, and we'll talk about that a little later on in the show. Uh, T Bone is here, and uh, Peter is on his way to let him into the studio because uh, the gate is locked out there. So we're gonna do that. We'll take a quick break and come back and uh, chat some with T Bone and uh, getting close to brewski time, getting close to AD. Anthony Davis will be on the show at nine twenty-five tonight, and he's got plenty to talk about. So uh, this is Ramakega, and this is called Sincerely. Back after this. Sincerely, I don't wonder now That thing you wrote, the wind has gone If I could just take you in 
Jacqueline. Yes, Mom? I wanted to talk to you about something, and... Oh, wait. Hold on. I just got a text. Oh, wait, Mom. I just got a message. So many comments on my comment. Hey, guys, check out my wait. new video game. Mom, what? Huh? Pew, pew. What'd you say? This huh? weekend, unplug. Getting closer to nature can get you closer to your family. To find the forest nearest you, go to discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. For a little ride. Now you can share the topics that drive the discussions of your favorite talk shows with TalkStream Live's topic-driven talk radio. We gotta talk. Let's take a drive. List and promote real-time talk radio topics, or post the topics that you want to hear. Hot topics are tweeted and retweeted, and include simple click-to-listen audio links. The future of talk radio is topic-driven talk radio. Well, that's what I call real drive. Available now at TalkStreamLive.com. Talk Story Radio. Hi, I'm Angela Madsen, and I row across oceans, and I've really enjoyed being a guest here at Swoops World. Thanks for having me. David Foster. He was like... Oh, really? <laughs> Welcome back to Swim Swirl, the Talk Story Radio Network. T-Bone's in the house. Hey-o. How's it going, man? Oh, it's been, uh, been a fun day. Yeah? Yeah. What exciting uh, things you get into? Mm, nothing terribly exciting. Just <laughs> nothing terrible, either. You know. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta just, you gotta just take, the, take the neutral with the absence of bad. Exactly. Kind of day, you know? no, no shit hitting fan blades today. Well, there you go. Yeah. It's a plus. Yeah. It's a big plus, man. He sounds like a, a successful day so far. I think, yeah, it's been successful in that regard. <laughs> Found out that I had a Starbucks gift card with $40 on it. Boom. Nice. Yeah. Which is convenient since I have to be on 2nd Street for the next couple days for the first uh, couple hours of the workday. So huh? Somebody already spent the money for those bastards. I might as well take their product. That's <laughs> 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 my favorite thing to do, it's, you know, finding gift cards is always a cool thing, yeah. man. It's yeah. always like this. I think this is the one that my coworkers gave me. Yeah. Which, I didn't think much of it. It was a little, they did little, like, Christmas tree ornament gift cards this year, like little coffee cup shaped things. You can't put it in your wallet. I mean, it's a pain in the ass. Um, but, yeah, I had three of them. And it's like, oh, this one, I was putting it in the computer, and it's like 40 bucks. I found two gift cards. Just, I found two gift cards uh, about a month ago that um, I must have had for at least two years, year year and a half, two years. Nice, yeah, free money, cool. man. That's it. Is it now they don't dock it? You know, yeah, it's, it's now down to nothing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, that was criminal. Yeah, but uh, you know, I like I like finding. That's such free money. It's, like it's not enough that. That the money actually is worth less every year. You yeah, use it. we're actually going to actually subtract from that number too. Yeah, I don't know how they got away with that. It was not, I mean, one, there's no handling fee. It was nothing. nothing. It was just yeah, right. sitting there. But you know, when uh, when I had the, the coffee house, you know, the people would come in and try to sell you all the kind of you know the, the merchant stuff and all this kind of stuff. There, there's there's a they try to push the gift cards because they say I think there's like a. Uh, yeah, it's, it's about 40%, 30 to 40% of people never use them. Yeah. So. And then if you think about it, I mean, I know this is the case with my wife, is if she has a 
$100 gift card, she can go to the store and buy $200 worth of stuff. Right. <laughs> she drives me crazy. But so, so it's a win-win for you know, yeah, giving the gift card. Either you get those group, the people that like never come and get it, so that's just free money. Yep. And then you get the people that come and then spend more. more and so it's like you, they come out. Yeah. I, I, I get why gift cards are – why they push them hard because uh, yeah. uh, it's a no-brainer. But I, I do the old thing. Like, I, did, I had, had a pizza card the other day. And, you know, guy goes swipes it and he goes, well, that's, you know, I, I, I owed a little bit more than I had on the card. He goes, want to refill the card? I'm like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was a gift. So if I come back in, I'll just work out a little cash. Just <laughs> <laughs> but buying a gift card, no, not going to happen. <laughs> nope, nope. Starbucks tries to lock into that. With their, with their app. I, I hate that. Uh, I was just helping. The reason I even messed with the gift cards I had today was because Ashley got a new phone last week, finally. Oh, God. <laughs> um, and she found out that the Starbucks app on her old phone, she had logged and she had created an account on it with an email address that she had spelled wrong. Oh, jeez. So she was trying to log into it on her new phone and it wouldn't work. She forgot a letter in the, in the address that she registered the account with. On the Sorry. So, uh, had to take an empty card and transfer add it to her account on the old phone, transfer all the money on her account, on her bogus account, to this empty card, and then delete that card, and then add it to her new account on the other phone. So I was like, all right, while I'm doing this, That's like all these things. Higher math. Yeah, yeah, man. She's got freaking 85 bucks sitting on hers. <laughs> I'm the coffee fiend, and she gets more fucking coffee cards. <laughs> 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 really just like me that much more? <laughs> Apparently so. Yeah. La bonjourie. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I always, I always hate when I got to go through a whole series of things just to make the shit work, yeah. like you just had, to, you just described. Mm-hmm. It's like that's got to be a simpler way. To this. Yeah. You know? Well, and I, I wouldn't have figured it out to begin with, and I was trying to figure it out on her old phone because she was at work and I was working from home. <laughs> and so I just. Fine, you know what? I took a picture of her screen and sent it to her. She's like, Oh, that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> Using the letter L, which I couldn't have seen. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, it looks right. <laughs> Never gonna talk to her. Close enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Good thing that uh, my uh, computer saves all that information because. Every time I try to log into something, if I don't, if it's not already saved on there, like what password did I use with this one? Cause I used to use the same password for everything, and then, right? You know, then people started changing. You don't have enough letters and characters. And mm-hmm. stuff. Well, then you know, and then something would freak me out, and you go, "Oh, you need to change." You know, you get an email from. We've been, uh, you know, subject to this and that. Change your password now. You gotta. Uh, so I got millions of passwords floating around. I got. I know. LastPass has been a big boon for me like in terms of restoring some sanity because I had I was the same way I had one password for everything <laughs> you know I get that one of these and you know I've got hundreds of yeah. online things now it's like as soon as one of these things is compromised my whole freaking life and I'm not worth shit <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm net negative <laughs> in terms of what's gone out and come in for me in my life I'm pretty sure I'm still on the negative end but Somebody could still probably do some damage with, with <laughs> to all of my shit. True that. So, 
Last pass is cool though. I don't know if you guys have heard of it or tried it. Mm -mm. You enter your passwords into this. It's all you know, encrypted, secure, whatever. As much so as anything can be. But then you can you make one crazy password for that, and then from there it stores all of your other ones. So you don't even have to use the same password for everything. You can store just random collections of letters and numbers for passwords for everything else. And then on your browser, you can use that thing to auto-populate it all. Uh huh. And uh, you can use it. You can log into the service from any computer, any browser, wherever you are, to to get your stuff. It's pretty cool. And it's not a bad idea. The service is free. To get the app to run on your smartphone, they charge like twelve dollars a year for the premium subscription. It's pretty solid. I'm not trying to advertise or plug them for free right now. <laughs> it's in terms of LastPass, that's not a bad idea. In terms of sanity and security, it's pretty solid. Huh. Well, you're the, you're the, you're the go-to guy when we have, we have this that's technical right. That's issue. right. You know, I'm sure the whole office probably has the, an opinion one way or the other on that. They might they might have uh, and, uh, some I don't know. We'll have to find out. <laughs> I'm thinking no. <laughs> For me, it's been, it's been good. Hmm. Interesting. Not, not yeah. That's, that might be the way to go. Right. Well, I, have like, I have like three different passwords. Well, I and have they're for different yeah, levels. levels. So like that, that thing that doesn't matter, that's the one. And then there's that. Yeah. You know, and then there's the shit that matters. That only has gets put in a couple places. Yeah. And I had that. And then I would get these. Then, you know, with all the stuff that was happening last yeah. year, all these places were getting. Yeah, so I'm like, yeah. Oh, all right, so I got to change my password. <sighs> I've used that one for like 10 years. <laughs> I just changed the year. And they go, oh, no, the years, that's, that's, you know, they know that too. So I got a capital letter, small letter, sideways. I hate letter. when you have to start adding symbols. That's what pisses yeah, me off. I know. That's a dick move. Yeah. yeah. The symbols. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a pain in the ass. Yeah, add symbols, but you can't use the symbol for the number. Can't use your hashtag. That's right, and you can't use the at sign lots of times either. It's like, well, you just raced two of the things I wanted to use, you know. Exclamation points, question marks. No, nonsense. Nonsensical. <laughs> oh, did you see the Super Bowl, brother? I did. I know we're going to go in depth in that in a little bit, but. Uh, I did see the Super Bowl. It was good to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think my prediction was the closest <laughs> in terms of here. What did you predict? We were just discussing that. Did I say blow up? You did. I told you you said blow up. I thought I said... I, I might have gotten closer, though. Might you have? I might have, because I said, I, and referencing the week before, oh, I said... whoever scored the whoever, last Whoever who has the ball last. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> and I remember team kneeling with the ball. <laughs> I can tell you that in my pick'em, in my, in my money pick'em that I did, I was the closest out of 30-some people... I was off by one point. Really? So well, bucks. Nice. Sweet. Because I didn't win shit all season long. So. <laughs> I, I actually watched somebody flip. I watched somebody flip. They, they were like going for Seattle the whole game. And then they said, wait a second. Eight and four. Those are my numbers. Uh -huh. I have Seattle four. <laughs> Come on, New England! Uh, I go, you just fucking mm -hmm. fucked! Yeah, fourth quarter swear. 200 bucks, 200 bucks. Yeah. Yeah, my squares were all crap. I didn't even see what numbers they were, but I know I didn't get the end of the squares. I only bought two. So yeah. Nothing to do it in the squares department. But final score. 
outcome, et cetera, I always do. Nice. Actually, in this one, the tiebreaker, because it wasn't like Price is Right rules. It was, you know, you pick a winner and you pick total points for the game. And I picked 52 points. No, I picked 51 points. Somebody else picked 53 points with New England winning. So we were tied. The tiebreaker was pick either starting quarterback and guess their passing yardage total. I picked Brady for 376, and this guy picked Brady for 275. He finished with 328. So if he had finished with three yards less passing, I would have lost. Wow. <laughs> well, did you see that, the, the, you know how they do the Madden thing? Uh-huh. And, uh, it's the, the, you know, Madden, Madden, the Madden game picked the right score, picked the MVP, picked the number of touchdown passes, and picked the yardage they're just uh, either short, within within just a few yards of the yardage. Wow. Yeah, it's weird how they manage to, you know, you say, well, it's a fluke, but well, you get the number of pat, touchdown passes, you get the number of, you get, you get the exact Any score. Any one of those you is get a the fluke. Exact score, right? All together. All together. It's impressive that the game gravitated that close to the mean. Because, yeah. you know, when they talk about, like, the Madden simulations and stuff, they run, like, 10,000 instances of the simulated game between the two teams with all of their data points and stuff. And they say, based on that, this is what we think will happen. Wow. So for it to get that close, it's like, damn, that's that's That is, yeah. (laughs) Like any one of those stats you were like, oh. Yeah. (laughs) But all of them together, together. that's uh, that's pretty impressive. (laughs) That's freaking amazing, man. Dude, Skynet, man. series prediction was for the Super Bowl, but I know Cortana was right, so hey, she's from the future. So. <laughs> you know what else is weird? Uh, the last two UFC fights that I have uh, watched, mm-hmm. the big ones, the winners, uh, the last one was Anderson Silva, and I forgot who was before that, uh, the guy before that. But then, was like, it also a guy fighting Nick Diaz? No. Because <laughs> he fought GSP. A year or two ago. No, there's no, I've, I've seen yeah, I've seen two, two big ones, two big ones in like the last two or three months, okay. and uh, turns out like a, two days, two or three days later, they're both. One guy tested positive for cocaine, the one that the, the first fight, the, the one the furthest back, and then uh, Anderson Silva just tested positive for uh, steroids. Um, Silva deserves some steroids. Though. He After broke. What you see what he said? His leg. Oh my God! <laughs> if you decided you wanted to come, even if I didn't come back and fight, I would. Yeah, but, but now I'm wondering: Did Diaz test positive for meth? Because I mean, he is from soccer. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like. He looks. <laughs> <laughs> the kind of thing doesn't come from getting punched. <laughs> like, yeah, you say it from here. <laughs> you say it. He walks into the store. We're all gonna go. We'll have to like a. I don't think I would be the first to, you know, disclaimer, insert disclaimer here, allege that Nick Diaz <laughs> and his brother as well might have downloaded extracurricular activities Bam. that could or could not have been manufactured in a prefabricated building of some sort. As a uh, former science teacher. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that was a good fight, though. That was a good fight. Uh, I, I like watching animation. It's, 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 yeah. The thing is, is... You know, what do they do after every fight? Some guy's going to test positive. What's the, what's the deal with it? Is it going to? Uh... Yeah, I mean, it's going to happen. Yeah. And hey, we heard Lance Armstrong just say in the last week that 
if he uh, were competing again in the same atmosphere he was competing in in the 90s into the into the 2000s, he would do the same exact thing. He would dope again. Yeah, he said. He, I, I saw that interview. He said, "When yeah, I do it, he goes, he goes, he goes, when I do it now in 2015, he goes, no, sports changed. Yeah. He goes, yeah. when I did it in the same era, he goes, yeah, I absolutely. <laughs> now in 2015, he's just you know, hit and run kind of stuff. Yeah, you know, yeah, he's got to say that. <laughs> yeah, but you know, you know, we've talked about this. I mean, it, it, it's a sport that's pre- with it. I don't know. It, I don't know what it, what it is now, but it, from Something years really and years cool and years, we don't even know it was yet. exactly prevalent in that sport. Yeah, and, it totally was. And like you said, when they strip, when they started stripping him, they wasn't going to the second place guy. It wasn't going to the third place guy. Twelfth, fourteenth, fifteenth. Yeah, sometimes all the way to the twentieth. Yeah. yeah, and cycling was famous for it, going all the way back to the turn of the last century where these guys were using small amounts of strychnine because it prevented your muscles from cramping also happens to be what they use to kill rats <laughs> and they would consume just a, what they thought was the right amount <laughs> that's always some dude going just take this yeah. much mm-hmm. <laughs> and most of those guys end up dying before the age or right around the age of 40 uh, and they were in awesome shape, right? I mean, these, it's not like they stopped racing at, like, 35 and gained 400 pounds or something. These guys were still, like, totally fit, totally fit. They just would literally, their hearts would just give out, and they'd just fall over dead. And, yeah. Huh? <laughs> Anyhow. Like a rat. Yeah, like a rat. <laughs> like the rat you are. Uh, <laughs> so it's it, no, and then of course once once the fifties and sixties came along, they were starting to do the the amphetamine stuff that, and then in the seventies and eighties, I mean, then it became all the blood doping. That's where blood doping started, and the and best steroids. Blood doper in the history. Oh, he was brilliant at it. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, so it's just one. It's just one of those sports, and I I don't think it's the only sport, but it's one of those sports that's famously been one thing or another for. Like I said, over a hundred years, and yeah, I don't see that culture it's changed. changing. <laughs> Despite what they're trying to solve, yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's millions of dollars at stake here. They got to look clean. And honestly, in cycling, I don't give a shit. Now, in MMA, I would like to not fight against somebody who's doing something that I don't know about or can't afford. You know, I would think I would like to think that in a in a sport where you can literally be killed with. Just enough force in just the wrong place. Like, you're not relying on the guys in the in the, in the black suits to stop it in time. Oh, with the cute little rubber gloves. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, I, in that in that setting, I can see it being a necessity of sorts. In cycling, in baseball, who gives a shit? Hey. Rank them out as fast and as hard as they can go. Hit them, hit them high and hit them deep, man. Yeah. man. <laughs> you know that like they talk about that. You know, I guess the, the great issue there. I guess it's the '61. But uh, when you talk about that year with uh, McGuire and, and Sosa, Sosa, yeah. I mean, they brought baseball back to life. I mean, baseball was on a downward spiral. Spiral, man. I mean, you know, they've gone so through. They the, were the needle in its ass that it needed. Yeah, man. And they didn't give it. They didn't have a crap about anything. That season, as long as these guys, they were hitting a home run every time, every other game, you know. Corch bats. Yeah. <laughs> cream in the clear. Yeah. The, yeah, the, 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 same people, the same people who looked the other way during that, you know, to, 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 you know, to bring the finances back and everything. Then they get all pompous. <laughs> we need Congress to And I would 
another problem with that. Why is Congress, you know, there's, isn't there enough crap going on in the world and in the U.S. that Congress gets involved in all the sporting things? They were actually uh, talking about convening something behind the old deflate gate. I'm like, you know, you guys got better things you should be working on, man. Yeah, but they're not good at that. They're good at dog and pony shows. Yeah. They're good at, you know, hey, look at this thing over here. And don't, <laughs> look, at, <laughs> don't look at our fake unemployment numbers and all the other nonsense going on in this country right now. Never mind that man behind the curtain. We want to talk about steroids and sports. And, and, the, and the way it's corrupting our youth. Yeah. What does someone think of children? When in doubt, man, throw throw a baby yeah. in the mix. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you listen to Swoops World of the Talk Story Radio Network. This is uh, the Heart Pills driver's side door. And by the time I come back, it'll be climbing for brewskis, I believe. And we'll be back in a few. I'm 
Hi, this is Ronnie Wood of the Stones for Rad. You know it's okay to rock and roll and party, because I do it all the time. Just let someone else do the driving. That's what I do. Remember, rock lives, and you should too. Please don't drink and drive. A public service message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. My name is Joe Thompson. I'm 29, and thanks to my college degree, I'm a systems analyst. And the college me would tell you. I wouldn't be here without Big Brothers Big Sisters. My big brother believed in me, and to a seven-year-old, that means a lot. My big brother's name is Phil, and Phil is the reason that this seven-year-old grows up to be a systems analyst. Whether you donate money or time, you're helping Big Brothers Big Sisters help a child. Start something today at BigBrothersBigSisters.org. Brought to you by Big Brothers Big Sisters and the Ad Council. The views and opinions expressed by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Talk Story Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. This is Evan from the Bicycle Stand. Stick it in the big ring, and you're listening to Swoops World. Swiss world and uh, how about a little uh, audible.com peter audible.com uh is uh if you go to audible trial audible <laughs> yeah you got audible trial audible trial.com forward slash swoops world um uh, you could get a book for free uh the way it works is you sign up you get your book for free to get to choose one of 250,000 titles uh with lots of great actors uh, uh, readers um, and there's everything. Swoops working his way through every single known sniper <laughs> book in the world. <laughs> Not too far. Off. <laughs> I think the last one I, did, I read was uh, or was to was American Sniper with Chris, Chris Kyle. Uh-huh, and, uh-huh. Uh, and, uh, I got a Jack a new Jack Reacher uh, called Running Blind. There you go. And then I still also have our, our former guest uh, Raymond uh, Jacobs book uh, uh-huh. in the queue. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Gethesme. So uh, I, got, I got plenty to listen to, uh, especially yeah. if I go traveling. So. Well, and that's that. When would you listen to these? Yeah, you, uh, when you're traveling in the car, you're you're on the plane, you don't feel like reading, uh, drown your kids out while you're doing your whatever you got to do at at the house. Uh, I like to use. I like to listen while I'm on the bike ride or doing those those menial chores that have to be done, but just are boring as all hell. Lots of great times. Stuff for kids too. Lots of great books. I remember once uh, we're in the car. My daughter put on uh, like a Tolkien, uh, The Hobbit. Uh-huh. She dug it. Totally cool. So, <laughs> Audible it's trial. Than the movie. Yeah, <laughs> Audible a lot shorter. Audible trial. Forward trial. So check it out. Uh, you can get yourself some great books. Your first one is free if you go that route. Uh, and uh, we'll earn a few pennies that way. <laughs> oh, oh T-Bone. <laughs> Hit us up with a little right. bit of uh, DraftKings, man. So fantasy football has come and gone. Fantasy baseball is on the horizon. But right now, you can get up on DraftKings.com and do some one week at a time fantasy basketball. Uh, you can probably even get some soccer action in there of the European variety. Uh, you know, the 
there's some premiere stuff going on. I follow it so closely. Uh, I don't know. I don't you think you do. If you go to, <laughs> uh, to com slash DraftKings right meow, you have your pick of everything happening at the time. Uh, there is hockey, there is basketball, there is the European soccer madness. Uh, and you get to pick a team, let it play itself out for a week, and then start again if it goes to crap. If you like what you did, do it again. Uh, and you can win some money on this thing, like some big money. In fact, if you go to swoopsroll.com slash DraftKings right now, you get a free entry into a ridiculously large money pot giveaway. So check it out. Swoopsroll.com slash DraftKings. It's time for Brewskies, our beer tasting segment right here at Swoops World Late Night, sponsored by DrinksWineSpirits.com. So grab yourself a glass, pour yourself a brew, and join us right now for Brewskies, sponsored by DrinksWineSpirits.com. Well, happy Wednesday, and welcome to the most important part of the show, the beer, the official beer drinking part. Uh, Tonight we're trying one uh, from... The Mother Earth, uh, which I, we had one of their other ones. I don't. Yeah, we've had Kismet. And, ah, Kismet. And I think we had something else too. Anyhow, we so I've had a few of theirs, but I think on the show, I think the only one I can remember is Kismet. Uh, either way, these guys are a pretty tasty brewery and uh, local, local-ish. If you're in, in the LA area, they're down uh, in Vista, I believe. Yep. Anyhow, the beer we're drinking tonight is Primordial. Imperial IPA. And here's what they have to say about their own brew. Primordial, constituting a beginning, given giving origin to something derived or developed original. Need we say more? This brew clocks in at 9% alcohol and over, oh, yeah. and over 100 IBUs. That's international bittering units for you, those of you not familiar with that. It is made, from, made with four varieties of grains resulting in dark amber color and three varieties of hop creating an intense meld of citrus, resin, and pine. Hopheads rejoice. This is a beer for the ages. Uh, as mentioned, 9% alcohol, 100 IBU. So that's right up our alley. Uh, us, uh, we're, I, I think we all are genuine hopheads here. So, uh, so here we go. Salute. Salute. Timo! That's fun. Yes, indeed. Uh, I'm going to like this a lot. Mm-hmm. Last night I drank Budweiser. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm thoroughly enjoying, and I have to say, of the citrus, resin, and pine, I get, I get more resin than the other two. Yeah, you get, to, you get a lot of pine in the in the nose. Yeah, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. Yeah, and nine percent alcohol and a hundred plus IBUs. This is just my favorite kind of beer. Right <laughs> <laughs> <We didn't need. laughs> Peter, I am loving this. This is uh, everything they build it as. Uh, just. Big hoppy notes in the beginning. Big hoppy finishes. Lots of kick in the middle there. Uh, I like the balance between the the malts. You know, I like the the IPAs, the Imperial IPAs that or have a, a little more of that uh, 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 green, you know, flavors, the uh, malt flavors. And this this is 
a damn fine beer. And I got to say, I, I've had about four or five of theirs, and this is hands down the best one of theirs that I've had. Yeah. Yeah. Um, amazing. I mean, you, you know, we talk about, uh, you know, you, you get the, the pine scent. I think the balance between the, the, the hops and the malt are, you know, right on, and you, and you get big bites of both. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's uh it's right down our wheelhouse, man. I'm, I'm loving this. It's probably one of the one of the better beers. We've had some good beers recently too, and mm-hmm. I think this is one of the better ones we've had uh, in, in a long time. Um, and like I said, it's got a lot, a lot of good flavor. You get uh, you know get the hint of the pine on the nose right out of the out of the gate, and um, I mean you can almost chew this thing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a good it's a good brew. T Bone scale of one to ten, ten being best. Well, you know, having to turn off the the part of my youth that. Cannot fathom anything good coming out of Vista. <laughs> <laughs> this is a solid nine for me. This is, this is awesome. Yeah, that's where I'm going, a nine. Well, you know, the thing is, is that one of the great things about this is, is uh, I was drinking our, our, our usual mm-hmm. uh, right before this, and I actually use that to cleanse my palate. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this this just, I mean, it was like, it just stood up real well. I mean, it was like, you didn't even have a, a dip in the action, or sometimes you know the, 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 it offsets. Yeah, yeah. Uh, solid nines all the way around. Yeah. yeah. Peter, what are we eating with this? Uh, well, this is the big, big daddy of them all. You know, when you're talking, uh, this is like the cap salve of beers. Uh, so think big, big, hearty flavors, uh, meats. That's going to go great with like, you know. Uh, I mean, I like a red wine with prime rib, but if you wanted to go beer with prime rib. This is this is a beer that could hold up to that, you know. Prime rib sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, it could handle, you know, handle some of the spicy stuff. It's gonna just gonna wipe out any any of your lighter fare uh, salads and and pastas, and just don't even bother. Not even gonna work. Um, if you're more casual, you you know, think barbecue, you know, barbecue chicken with lots of lots of you know spicy. Flavorful stuff on there, uh, so this is a, a meat, meat and potatoes type of beer. Um, no vegan fare with this. Ah, uh, yeah, you, some lentils or something. Uh, yeah, no. If you did some spicy curry type of thing, that might work. Um, maybe. Uh, I, I'm not guaranteeing anything. It, it'll be a stretch. It might work. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, it's a tough one, but uh, I mean, something along those lines. You know, the big. Type of curries and and uh, I'm trying to think what else. Vegan wise, you're gonna you're this is just drink this alone, <laughs> or drink this instead of feeding your dinner. There you go. <laughs> yeah. No judging here. Not here. Not here. Judge-free zone. So we got a 9.0, uh, which is uh, one of the best averages we've had in a long yeah. time. Yeah. And uh, Peter says we can eat some big, big, heavy meals with this one. And uh, good stuff, man. Good stuff. This yeah. is Primordial, right? Uh, we got Primordial Primordial. from Mother Earth. I was looking at some of their others. I know we've had, uh, yes, you mentioned the, <clears throat> excuse me, the Kismet. Yeah. We also had, I'm pretty I sure. the Day Tripper. Day tripper, okay. I know I. I think so. On the show, we might have. I know for sure we had the hop diggity. Hop diggity, yeah. We that did one that. we had, we which was good, but I think we all agreed like the balance was sort of off, as I recall. It was too hoppy and not enough malty, and I think they've solved that here. Um, and then that was the only other one I was certain we'd had. 
There was one that was, where did it go? Did we do the righteously hopped red? I seem to think we did something like that with, yeah, from them. Yeah. I, like the, I love the names they come up with. Yeah, they're good with that. Yeah. Uh, this apparently, this is on tap if you happen to be in the area near their brewery. Uh, this is on tap. I don't know how you end up in Vista. I mean, you got, it's just driving through place, I guess. But, you know, there's something down there, I guess. You know, maybe. Um, oh, we haven't had that because that's a vanilla, and I'd have remembered that. Um, so yeah, I, the one we for sure had is uh, they had another one. I'm just missing it, but I'm not seeing it here. Anyhow, good good brewery, and uh, I know everything we've ever had from them. We, we've thought like oh, this is at least good stuff. Uh, I this like is, their, I think, I hands down. Yeah. They etched or painted. Uh, painted, I think. Yeah, I always yeah. like their, their labels. Um, and, um, you know, the, the, the things I've had from them, I, I, I think, from what I can remember, everything I've had from them, I, I pretty much liked. You know, yeah. It's a, you know, we, oh, we might have had the, the Crucible, the Imperial Black IPA. Maybe that's the one we had. Mm-hmm. We had a black. Yeah. That's not familiar. Yeah. Levitation and the sublimely self-righteous are both falling by the wayside. No! To make room for some new stuff. Hmm. So, I like the sublimely self-righteous. black I, something or other, and that made me think of this. Yeah. I, I, I had a, uh, uh, what yeah, I bought one of those. Growler? Growler. Yeah. yeah. I had a growler. That's good stuff. Well, we're getting a T-bone. I think T-bone's in the, in the, in the mix here on the, on the film there, on the video. There you have it, another edition of Brewskies, sponsored by DrinksWineSpirits.com. That's Brewskies, sponsored by DrinksWineSpirits.com. Go there, join the Beer of the Month Club, and they will send you a big box of beer every month. Containing how many beers, Timo? Well, how many different breweries, Peter? Three. Four. Four. Deliver right to your humble abode. And uh, when you do that, you also help us out here at Swoops World. Uh, we get a few pennies on every time somebody uh, orders from there. Uh, we want to let you know about it. If you all your fitness needs, go see our good friend Jack Nunn over at Rowworks Fitness here in the city of Long Beach, R O W O R X. If you uh, you know want to get in shape, stay in shape, train for a special event, Jack is your man. He's got indoor rowing classes, boot camp, uh, personal training, and much, much more. So he also specializes in triathlons, and he uh, he's, he's uh, he, he competes in them, and he trains people for them. And uh, you know they have like a bunch of guys that go out and compete in different triathlons around. I think they did a Huntington Beach one uh, on Super Bowl Sunday. So anyway, uh, that was the marathon. That's a marathon. Well, he did that. So uh, check out Rowworks. Uh, contact Jack Nunn. 5750 Boathouse Lane right here in the city of Long Beach. Go to the website, www.roworx.com, or give him a call at 562-688-1716. Let him know that Swoops World sent you, and your first week is free. We're about 10 minutes away from Anthony Davis, AD, coming on the show, and uh, we're going to have a lot to chat with him about. And, uh, of course, coming up after AD's uh, segment, we have T-Bone's Time Out. And if we have time, we'll do some crazy news stories and uh, things like that. Excuse me. Peter, how about uh, Where to Bike Orange County? Where to Bike Orange County. Uh, It's a book I wrote. 
part of a travel series, and it covers the 80 or so best rides in the OC. Uh, 50 of those are kid rides, uh, adult rides. <laughs> 30 of those are kid rides. Um, kid rides are totally safe places for your, your little munchkins to you know crash and burn without having to worry about cars. Once they're ready to move on, there's lots of 50 other rides that cover everything from the very casual, you know, four or five mile ride with lots of things to do to the much more challenging 40 or 50 mile rides with hills and wind and, and all sorts of stuff. Each ride has a, a accurate ride log, uh, places to stop, things to do, a little bit of history. Um, and then it all ties in with an app, which works with your Google Maps. So uh, Soup's in the book. Check it out. Find them. You can find the book at your uh, local bike shops in the L.A. and Orange County area. It's available in the Barnes & Nobles and REIs in the same area. And, of course, uh, you can get it from Amazon. If you're going to go that route, check out the Soup's World uh, page, and you'll find a banner as it will take you there. And uh, if you go that route, it'll be delivered to your doorstep, and we will earn a few pennies. Help us out. Where to bike? Orange County. This here is Chris Volak, and this is called Ready to Fly, back after this.
My name is Ruth Rusi, and this is how I live United. I read to children as part of United Way's education program. It helps them create links between language and literacy and prepares them for a better academic future. I figure I have the time and they have the need. My name is Ruth Rusi. I help kids prepare to succeed in school. So I don't just wear the shirt, I live it. Give, advocate, volunteer, live united. Go to liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Let TalkStream Live transform the way you listen to radio. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. You're listening to the Talk Story Radio Network. This is Mean and Nasty, and I'm a Virgo. Yo, LJ. Gemini. You're listening to Swoops World Radio. Get with it or get lost. Very lost. Swoops World. Yeah, we in here. I mean, sit next to me. <laughs> so this is how we do it. Listen. Okay, vibe with me as I speak. You witness and the legend. Black J, we reppin' 102 DIY to the death. Ain't no crutches on me. We are, hey, there you go. Wow, that was good. <laughs> yeah, we're, uh, yeah, I got to, uh, we about five minutes or so before uh, AD takes the stage, as we say, and I uh, get a chance to chat with him. He's got plenty he wants to talk about, and we've got plenty to talk about with him. Uh, of course, we've got T-Bone's timeout coming up uh, after that, and uh, some other things will uh, be happening. So, uh, you know, I saw this. Did you see that strange ass? Uh, there's a plane in Taiwan. That yeah. you saw that? Yeah. And it flew over the, like the highway and crashed. Yeah, and smacked the shit out of one taxi car. or something. That was scary looking, man. I mean, scary. I think what they said like people fifty people died. on board and twenty half of them died. Oh, did they have more than that? No, yeah. It was like fifty-three out of wow. seventy some people. Wow, I couldn't even imagine just rolling on the road and all of a sudden you see this plane sideways going across the pretty much over the freeway there and bridge whatever it was. That was scary. There's been a lot of plane crap lately. What's going on? Makes me not want to fly anywhere. Yeah, well, you know me. <laughs> <laughs> man cruiser. I, I got the bike. <laughs> exactly. I can afford a man cruiser, but I can't. I, I, I have to borrow a bike. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, but that's a that was weird. I, I just, just a weird picture. And then I and then I saw that uh, picture of that fucking Jordanian pilot that they torched the ISIS, oh. ISIS guys torched. And Jordan, uh, see what they did, right? Yeah. They said, all right, all right we're going to hang these two people. Well, the two people you asked us to free, yeah, we'll free them of their lives. It's, it's been really a, uh, I don't know what the hell, I don't even, I mean, how do you even phrase it? This is, this is, this is one of those times when political correctness is going to go out the window. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's. Those uh, particular people. That are lighting people on fire and cutting people's heads off and putting it on the internet. They are not human beings. 
No, 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 no. And 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 the thing is, is it's it's becoming much more frequent. I mean, it it was a few years ago the the, the you know beheadings and stuff, but I think I think a lot of people, if, if, although everybody goes, this is horrible. I think that's when they you know burning this guy alive. It just really freaked a lot of people out. I mean, they're talking about the coalition. This, you know, kind of, they, these guys kind of faded away, you know, weren't working together and stuff, and now they're all meeting to try to get something done and stuff. It's It was crazy this last, you know, few days. And I didn't watch it. I've heard some people talking about, you know, they had seen that video, and ugh, it just sounds horrible, man. Horrible. Yeah. I don't, I don't watch those things. I don't either. It's, it's no. Like reality. Uh, yeah, exactly. But, yep. You know, it's really it's just yeah. I uh, you know I heard somebody I was listening to somebody they go okay we have it posted on our site uh, just we just want to warn you it's gruesome I'm like well, why'd you post it on your site yeah I'm not gonna watch that crap because there's somebody that will oh yeah it's probably got a million views or something mm-hmm. you know I mean anyway coming up in the next few weeks uh, see we got uh, Angela Matson to be coming in in a few weeks we're gonna get a chance to talk to her and. It's always good to talk to Angela. She's always a lot of fun. Yeah. She just, you know, does so many great things and com- 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 you know, com- competitions and whatnot. I think she's training for the 2016 Olympics. So, mm-hmm. chance to chat with her and uh, have, uh, James Wilder will be on and uh, a good friend Cabin Thomas will be coming in a few weeks off. Not even calling. He lives in Omaha. Omaha. Mm-hmm. Talking to him in a few weeks. Uh, and Kevin is always an interesting guy, you know, former chocolate chip dancer, <laughs> college professor, uh, actor. He's in a play right now. That's why we had to push him back a few weeks. He's acting in a play, uh, you know, right now. And so, uh, yeah, he's always fun to talk to. I look forward to chatting with him. And, uh, you know, so a, lot of, a lot of good guests coming up in the next few weeks. And next week, we will not be on air. Uh, we all have places to be next week. And uh, but we'll be back the following week. So mark your calendars for that. We will be playing, you know, one of our uh, classic shows next Wednesday. So we'll figure out which one that'll be, and <laughs> we'll, we'll tweet it out. Uh, I, like I, I was telling you during the break, I, uh, you know, Bob Case, uh, he's been a guest on the show twice, and uh, everybody seems to love uh, his interviews. And uh, we've played his a couple times when we were off the air, and uh, you know, we're trying to mix it up, but. Uh, you get a chance to, especially if you're an SC fan and uh, you want to hear some, some inside scoop on what happens over at USC in the, uh, in the football arena, in the sports arena, uh, listen in for our, or go to our, our archives and uh, listen to the, uh, the Bob Case interviews, and I'm sure you will, uh, you will be enlightened. We're going to give AD a call right about now. It's about time to give him a call and see what's happening. Good evening. Uh, I'd like to welcome back to the show a, a regular contributor to our show each week, Anthony Davis. He's a five-time national champion uh, at USC in baseball and football, played in the NFL, the CFL, and uh, just an all-around great guy. Always happy to have him on the show. How you doing, man? I'm doing fine. How are you, Keith? Doing great, brother. Well, 
I'm ready to go. Rest, rest, shoot. <laughs> let's jump right into it, man. We were talking about. Let's start with the Super Bowl, man. Uh, your thoughts on the Super Bowl and, and and the end of the Super Bowl, and then what you what you thought about the game itself. Well, first of all, you know it was a uh, it was an interesting Super Bowl. You know, talk about the Flate Gate and all that type of stuff. The game was uh, exciting, but the one thing that I questioned when when Seattle went up twenty four fourteen, I figured Pete was going to put the medal to the pedal. And that didn't really happen. I think when you're playing a, a, a Tom Brady Belichick team, you need to do that. And it didn't happen. And uh, and I started questioning the play calling after that. But the biggest thing that got me it was that last play with 20 seconds going the game. And he throws an exception. I mean, I just believe, and he's still getting beat up behind that. I believe there was a bad call. You should never call. You should never throw that tight. If anything, I'm trying to spread people out. And, and and last but not least, you you let the beast mode go, Marshall Lynch. You let him run that ball in there. That's the best runner in the league outside of Adrian Peterson, in my opinion. And you just, you should give him at least a shot to go in there. Agreed. Put that ball back in front of him and let him find his lane. I mean, and I tell you, one on one, nobody's bringing him down. Yeah, they only had a yard to go. Uh, he's he's popping three, four, five yards a, a carry. Uh, uh, why they didn't go go to him uh, is un, uh, unbelievable to me. And, uh, you know, if they thought they were going to key on him, they, like we talked about earlier, you know, a little play action. I mean, if you want to use him as a decoy, then play action. And the, and the last but not least, he was he was open in the flat uh, on that play, the play that they, you know, the interception was on. So they they didn't utilize him when they needed him, uh, you know, and I, and I talked to you about this. You know, some people were saying, well, you know, the, the officer's coordinator makes, makes, you know, sends the call down. But, you know, Pete has the final say, right? Well, first of all, I don't know. If, I don't care if it's Pete Carroll, the coordinator, or whatever. Anybody that knows football basically knows that you don't throw in tight spots like that. You know, now they're talking about, well, you know, if he'd have caught it, they'd been a hero. Well, even then, I would even question the play because you can do a football play on a football field, you can get it done, but it's not to mean it's the right play. You know, but the bottom line is the ball was thrown a little in front of him. Should have been a little bit right, to either in the center of the, of the player's chest or right before it got to him like that, where he could make the play and control his body with the ball. But the bottom line is, I agree with what you just said, it should be play action. Lynch was in the flat open, and he didn't do any, he didn't go through any, uh, uh, his reads. He, right. he was directly, it was going to him, no doubt about it. He didn't look, he didn't look and glaze the field. He didn't do that. And I don't care if it's coordinator, I don't care if it's your mother, I don't care if it's Pete Carroll. You don't make that throw, you don't call that. You, you know, know, you do that out of desperate, you know. So, so he didn't read the field, and that's one thing I question. Yeah, and you and you were spot on. You know, what you started off with, why when they were they finally went up ten points, why they didn't just keep you know pounding the ball, pounding the ball, pounding the ball, and, and it's beyond me. Absolutely, I mean that, and that's what it is. If you got the best, look, first of all, you have Russell Wilson. They have good feet. He's mobile, and how do you how, how do you how do you deal with him? The fact that he can make plays with his legs. So you got the one-two punch with him. Uh, how, how do you go away from that and just pound it from from left to right, play action left to right, and, and you keep you keep the Patriots off balance and just wear them out? It didn't happen. Right. And you know Tom Brady. And you know if you give Tom Brady a chance, he's going to pick you apart. And as it is, he had to pick throw it 50 times to win the game because <laughs> they had no running game. Right. Right. You know, uh, you know, one of the things that was interesting, uh, you know, the guy who made the interception, Malcolm Butler, as well as uh, the guy who could arguably, if Seattle would have won, could have been the MVP of the game, Chris Matthews, that receiver was making those spectacular catches. Right. You know, both of those guys. Uh, Butler, uh, last year, was uh, working at a church's chicken, apparently, and uh, Chris Matthews 
was uh, selling shoes at Foot Locker, and then you know a year later they're playing in the Super Bowl. And you know you've said many a times there's there's so many people out there who could play this game. Uh, I think this kind of proves your point. Well, proves my point. I mean, you know, listen, there's so many. Listen, so many. There's only so many teams and so many positions. And I'm just telling you, you got to go to the place of repairs. You go to the next level. And I can tell you, there's a lot of players on the street playing in the CFL, playing in the NFL on practice squads who can play on this level. So that's a little bit of a myth. A lot of people, what they want you to think is that the guys on the on the field are the ultimate best players. And that's not really the truth. That's a myth. There's guys walking the streets, like I said, I always say when I do your broadcast, that there's guys walking and play in the National Football League. And I know a few people like that. Yeah. And for these guys to be there where they were a year before and to be where they are now, it's unbelievable. You take that guy Butler, who did, made that interception, yeah. that changed his whole life. Changed his whole life. Who knows, with a situation like that, with the Super Bowl catch like the interception, he could be back on the practice squad. But that's not going to that, – that's going to – that's not going to – that's changed him forever in, in National Football League. Right. And the same thing with, uh, with, with the, Seattle, uh, the Seattle Seahawks ball player as well, the wide receiver. That changes him too. It, it's amazing, uh, you know, because, you know, you know, there's so much talent out there. And, you know, like you said, there's a limited number of uh, positions uh, available, uh, you know, per team. And, uh, you know, there's guys that are out there, when they get that opportunity, the thing is, like you said, you, you, if you get that opportunity, you got to make the best of that opportunity. And these two guys did. Oh, well, absolutely. The, 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 the thing that I – the thing that I – so, okay – uh, this one thing I like about Belichick and what I like about Pete Carroll. These guys knows they do know talent, and, and and like I've told you, the rest of the league should take the model how they recruit, how they how they scout, and how they draft, because they see things other teams don't see, and they and they get the best out of it. And just a prime example: Tom Brady, six round draft choice. If he's with anybody else, he's out of football, and you never hear about it. But he goes to the Patriots. Belichick believed in him, saw something in him, and guess look where he is. Third, Fifteen years later, four Super Bowls, six, four Super Bowl champions, six Super Bowls, and here you go with Pete Carroll, drafts Russell Wilson, third-round draft choice, and all these other free agent third, fifth-round drafts. And a lot of these ballplayers on both sides, both sides, didn't get an get invitation to combine come out of college. Right. So, I mean, so the rest of the league should take a model of how they do things. It's, it's because the, the draft is, you see, in my opinion, the draft is a crapshoot. I mean, it doesn't, you know, you, you, if, if a guy's a first rounder and a guy versus a free agent, the guy free agent could be a first rounder, and that's been proven with Pete Carroll and, and uh, Belichick. It's interesting that uh, you know, with the, with the draft and, and places guys go, and you know, not a lot of times the number one guy is out of football, you know, in, in, in a year or two. And then you guys could go in sixth, seventh round, third, fourth, fifth round, you know, have long careers. You know, you, you have always uh, pounded out to us and, and try to get us to understand how important being in the right system is um, and, and being a right fit for that system. When you talk about that, kind of explain what you mean about that. You know, uh, you know use some examples of some quarterbacks and, and some players fitting the right system and go, those who are in the wrong system. Well, first of all, just 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 first of all, just look at. Uh, I'm gonna go back to Brady. Mm -hmm. Brady was in, in Michigan. Played the same way he's playing with the Patriots. And the thing about Brady, Brady has a strong arm, 
Brady is extremely smart. And the thing is, he fell into a system where they exploit his, his talents as a quarterback. He is a master in the pocket. And Brady picked and, and, and Belichick picked it up. The, 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 the talent of a coach and the talent of a head coach and a coordinator is the fact to be able to see a player and build a system around a given talent. And if you don't do that, if you try to make a, a player, especially at the quarterback position, conform to a system, it doesn't build, then that's, that's where you're going to get lost. And that's, what, that's been the case with a lot of players, a lot of teams. And that's why I admire the Patriots and the Seahawks in current, in current day football and how they do things. They build, the, they build the system to the talent, not the talent conforming to the system. And that's what happens from a running back standpoint, from a quarterback standpoint. And those are really the two crucial positions where systems are important. Right. And how both the quarterback and the head coach and coordinators are in, uh, in sync. Now, does Brady have the, the, the athletic ability of a Kaepernick or a Russell Wilson? Even? No, he doesn't. But what he has, they exploit the best of it. Okay? Right. So, so all I'm saying, and it happened with me. I mean, if, if, if I had a Tom Fears who coached me uh, back in the day, I'd have played 10 years and probably had great long days. But it didn't happen to me. That's why I'm so – that's why I'm so adamant about systems. Now, for example, you have a kick. If you have a guy just running dive plays, and you know he can throw the ball 35, 40, 50 yards accurately, and you're wasting that, and you're just running him with the football as a quarterback, well, you're going to kill him. Right. So if you see a guy that has great feet, good vision, and he can see the field and he can lead the team, that's what you do, and that's how you build and exploit his ability. Well, a lot of guys, believe it or not, on all levels, coaches do that. And I, I and I marvel. Well, what are you thinking about? If this kid, if, if this guy can make all the throws at quarterback, great footwork, left to right, accurate, good field command of the game, and he's a leader on the field. That's all you want in the quarterback. But sometimes people, sometimes coaches limit limit these these players. Wow. For example, give me an example. Corey Dillon, like we talked about before, was with the Cincinnati Bengals one year. And he was there for, I guess, five or six years, I think, as a running back. Right. They said he couldn't do this. They said he was a malcontent. He, he didn't conform to the system. Well, who, well, who picks him up and <laughs> saw something I could fit in? Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick, yes, indeed. That's for 1,600 yards that year. And they won a Super Bowl with him leading the way. So what does that tell you? How one guy can flourish in one system versus the other. And matter of fact, that was the last Super Bowl they won since this one this year. And it's a similar situation with uh, Blunt, right? Absolutely. I don't know what Pittsburgh is. You see, there's another thing about the Blunt situation. Another thing about the Blunt situation is this Bopper. Even though the way he did things, but something was said to him or a promise to him when he came to the Steelers from the Patriots. The Patriots still wanted to keep him there, from what I understand now. But the fact of how they jumped on him right away, and he came and contributed the way he did in the AFC Championship game, did what he did. He didn't show much in, in, in the Super Bowl, but let me tell you something. That pickup was essential to the Patriots. Right. Essential to the Patriots. And, and, and the fact that the Patriots got him versus someone else is really amazing to me. <laughs> so who, who comes out smelling like a rose? Belichick. <laughs> Some of these uh, uh, head coaches uh, have the ability to see, to see certain talent, like you're saying. 
Um, but on the business aspect, let, let's talk about like with uh, with Russell Wilson. Uh, you know, he went in the third round. Uh, he got he's he's still playing off the what they call the rookie contract. I think he's averaging what six hundred thousand a year or something like that. Um, Terribly on the pay. Yeah, so his payday is coming up now. Uh, I think you know next year or two. Um, as business wise, it's a, if you could find that talent in the deeper rounds, that's great. But then when that payday comes, what happens to the you know the structure of your your team because you have to start paying these guys what they're worth, but then you have to take away from some other guys, or do you have to keep drafting in those rounds? I mean, how do, how do these guys like Carroll and Belichick work around those situations? Well, first of all, we, you know, you know uh, uh, Tom Brady had to alter his footing because he had made so much money anyway in his previous years. He had to alter his, when his contract came up, they had to alter his thing. He gave up and deferred some money so he can sign some other key players, but that was a smart move. Right. But Brady will get his, you know, anyway. In, in other ways, but I'm saying that's what he did. He he deferred getting all of them to, to to take care of other players to keep that you know that well-oiled Patriot team together. Now, when it comes to the Seattle Seahawks, Paul Adams has got to dig a little deeper, and they got and the two people they got to keep together is Marshall Lynch and Russell Wilson. Right now, how they structure his contract and how they pay him and what he gets, that's another story. I don't know about he's going to be similar to the Kaepernick deal. I hope not. But the bottom line, the man's already won a Super Bowl. He's been to two Super Bowls, and uh, and he is the future. He is the nucleus of that whole team, and so they got to pay him. And they're going. And I don't know what kind of structure you're talking about, but those are the two key two people that they have to keep together. Now the other guy, people coming up, you know, they might be expendable, or they can replace them either through the draft or through free agency. But but the two key people, and I don't think anybody on that team is going to defer because they are the stars. They have to pay these guys. If they don't have any cap issues, well, you have to find that out. Well, they have that. I mean, besides those two, they got they have to keep that defense together, especially that defensive backfield. Um, and I don't know the situation with the contracts there or whatnot, but it seems like you know they're they're looking at uh, probably about five. We you know those two, they're probably about another four guys that they really have to count on and uh, make sure that all, make sure that all works to keep that uh, nucleus together. Well, well, they're gonna they're gonna try to keep it tight. They, 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 you know, you know they, they're gonna keep it tight. You know, with that defense, that defense, and Marshall Lynch and Russell, th- th- those th- those components, that defense as a whole, and those two key people on offense is what their priorities are. Right. Believe me. While we're still in the NFL, uh, and and you know, I I always ask you each week because I'm I'm addicted to the, <laughs> the uh, show a uh, football life. And uh, this week on, on, on A Football Life, they had a two-part thing on Joe Namath. And, uh, you know, out of Beaver Falls, Pennsylvania. And, uh, yeah. and he, he, he came in the league. You know, we talk about injuries and whatnot. He came in the league with a, with a bad knee, actually. I mean, uh, he got hurt in, in college at Alabama. And, right. uh, but he was still able to, to, you know, get by on his physical and, and, and contribute, you know, greatly <laughs> uh, for the Jets, uh, you know, those first few years there. Uh, he made it to the Rams. I think you said the year before you got there. What What do you remember about Joe Willie? First of all, first meeting him in Washington D.C. in nineteen seventy four, where I received the award, the, the back of the year, running back of the year, and he received the award. And I remember having a conversation in his hotel room. I said, Joe, wouldn't it be something we can both be on the same field? My speed and your throwing arm. And we looked at each other and said, that would be wonderful. And big old Emerson Boozer and John Riggins blocking for him. That would have been great. But for some reason, and to this day, I always thought he had something to do with me getting drafted by the Jets. But what I remember about him more than anything is his release. 
I mean, he might have had a bum knee, but I tell you what, he had probably one of the quickest release and had strength on that release that, that, that I've seen in a long time. I think the only person that comes close to that is probably Dan Marino. But uh, I can tell you that Joe Namath had a great arm and a crazy release, unbelievable, off the chart release. Yeah, I, you know, during that during that uh, interview of the, of the people they interviewed on that on that segment, uh, a lot of the receivers were saying, you know, when he came when he came there as a rookie, you know, and they, and they said we're we're getting we're catching these passes and we're getting bruises, you know, we had they said he was throwing so hard and so fast they weren't used to that that type of ball coming at him, and they said he threw a really tight spiral right on the right on the money, but it, if you didn't catch it right, you were gonna be bruised up. Well, you know, depending on if it was a tight spot and he had to get in there, you, you that ball was coming. But he had good touch on the ball too. Yeah. I mean, he can throw, he can throw it short, medium, and long. But I mean, if he had to get it there and gun it there, it's, it's coming. So you better be ready. And they knew that, based with his release and that coming and that those tight spot, those tight tight spots, Joe Namath was getting it there. That's that that's a rare that's a rare talent. You can't coach that. I mean, yeah. that's just something. Just, I mean, you can work at it, but I mean, it's something about what he had and the touch he had was unbelievable. There's only a few guys that had that in football. The uh, I think the thing that everybody uh, who was around that era remembers about Joe is when he uh, guaranteed that win in the Super Bowl. I mean, against against the the, the Colts. Well, put it this way: it's, it's legendary when people. You have a lot of sports moments. I have I have a couple. He definitely has this one. This is legendary for him to predict the win over the Colts, sixteen to seven. The great Bubba Smith, John Unitas, John Mackey. And that crew, unbelievable. The greatest tight end of all time. You got one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, and you have one of the great defensive tackles in Bubba, Bubba Smith. And for him to, to predict that, Joe Willie from Broadway, and for him to come out and win 16-7 in 1969, 70 Super Bowl, that he was stamped forever in legend in football. The fact that he predicted it, and then, after, and then you see the old photos of him running off the field <laughs> with his finger up, number one. That just said it all. And you know, guess what? And the Jets haven't been back there since. Almost, but they've never been back there. Close to it, but the, the, they had to, went to the AFC playoffs back three or four years ago, and that's about it. But they haven't won a Super Bowl since then. And that's what make, and that's what the that's where the legend grows with Joe Namath. Yeah. It was interesting because uh, you know he said a few things. One of the things he said was when he ran off the field with that with his you know the number one up. He said that's the only time he's ever he ever did that. He said he never did it again. Uh, you know, felt like a, a weight had been lifted off his shoulders. And he said, you know, that another thing about him is he just seemed like, you know, from all the people they interviewed and 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 his his words, his own words, he seemed like you know we all had this vision of him uh, as Broadway Joe and. And on uh, you know the commercials and the Brady Bunch and all that stuff, but he actually seems kind of like a humble guy. Well, he is. It depends on who he's dealing with. I mean, when you when you think about the lights of New York and and all the stories you've heard, the rumors whether it's true or not, uh, you know him coming from Pennsylvania and, and settling in Alabama with Bear Bryant, you would figure he would be a good old country boy, but that wasn't the case in a lot of ways. But uh, uh, but but what I noted, what I knew of him, he was a very low key guy and he was very respectable to me. Now. I can't speak for anybody else, but that's how it came off to me. Yeah. So, I mean, so there's a lot of truth to that. Right. I just think when he got to the big city like New York, he sort of <laughs> opened up some things about him that he probably didn't know he had inside of him. <laughs> 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 that's New York. <laughs> you know, I, I've asked you about this before. You know, uh, you know, different different markets, uh, you know, the, you have different fans and different, diff, different lifestyle. Um, the, playing in different markets, can it really change a guy? 
Well, I do. I mean, look, I come out. Look, I came out of Hollywood. I'm coming out of L.A. I mean, that's Hollywood. I mean, I almost went to New York, and I ended up went. And then from there, I went to a culture shop, Tampa Bay. I mean, I mean, come on. And coming out of Tampa Bay, and I got back to L.A. And I thought that had been the thing where I can really explore with with my running ability. But when Carol Rosemont died, getting to the Rams, I mean, I thought it was going to be everything. Hollywood right next door. USC, USC's right there. The USC fan base. I could be right at home, close at home with my parents. You know, so uh, absolutely marches are, are different. I mean, you just, just picture how a guy can grow up in California and end up in Green Bay. Right. So, I mean, that's, you have to make major adjustments depending on where you go socially. You come from California, you go to Pittsburgh. You play at the Pittsburgh Steelers. You go from California, you go to Dallas, or you go to Dallas to New York. I mean, so, uh, so yeah, it's a difference. It's definitely a difference socially and everything else. Yeah. Um. Last yesterday was uh, was signing day, and before we start talking about uh, the, the you know the blue chip uh, candidates and, and who got who and, and things like that, I want to talk to you about uh, this kid you told me about. His name Weston Massett, uh, West Massett, and I looked at uh, I, I looked him up and I looked at his highlight reel and stuff like that. And the kid's got talent. He's got a lot of talent. I mean, he's he's fast. He can throw the ball. And, and you know, uh, tell me a little bit about him. Well, I tell you, you know, I saw him once when he was a sophomore. I, I saw. I thought he had great skill then then he got injured his junior and he transferred to a school uh i think it was westlake high school he went to and he transferred to crespi high school and i saw him play and i was shocked and surprisedly surprisedly impressed what i saw i mean he is a left-handed quarterback and the reason i can relate to because i was a left-handed quarterback and what i saw right away i saw i saw his command he's a field general I mean, one thing is I saw him that he can sprint to the left, sprint to the right, and throw the ball with accuracy. He has great feet. He can make all the throws, the short, the medium, and the deep throw. And he can get it in there, too, believe it or not. The only thing that I was a little upset about is that I questioned the system he was in, and it was like a veered system. And I, and I, and I see based on his footwork, he could be, he's, a, he's a good pocket quarterback. He can break in containment and good with his feet, and he throws very accurate on the run, both left to the right. And one thing I studied about him the most when I was watching this game is how he threw the ball to the right side, mm-hmm. going away from the left, and he was very accurate. And I can tell you, you know, he's 6'2", I think 190, 200 pounds, and I can tell you, I can tell you one thing, I was very impressed. Yeah. So the, the bottom line is watching this kid, he could play anywhere. Division one anywhere. I ain't think he, I think he can play at FC right away. Right. Any school, if, if, and I, I'm telling anybody listening to me out there that right now, this kid is a diamond, and he can lead your team. And he has field savvy. He has everything to be a great quarterback. And then, and let me say something also about this other thing. He's six two, almost two hundred pounds. And you got guys that he's bigger than, quicker than, on all levels. I mean, in a lot of ways, I see, I see a lot of – I think he's the white Russell Wilson, but as a left-handed quarterback. That's how much I'm impressed with him. And you know something? He's just going to get bigger, stronger, and smarter. And, 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 and anybody listening to me, and I'll challenge anybody about this kid's talent, okay? And, and you and you got to notice all the recruiting stuff they're doing now. And, I, and since I've watched him, I sort of did a little homework about all these recruiting things and how this – you know uh, how these this, these websites and you're ranking these you know these kids a four star five star. 
me tell you something. I don't know what that five-star stuff means or that four-star. All I know, this kid can play. Yeah. And he can play. So, so I don't get all this stuff, and that's why a lot of these kids get lost in the shuffle. You know, and I know what he can do based on what I saw. And I'm challenging anybody because I played on all levels. As a matter of fact, I could have been a quarterback in uh, Division One. and could have went to the National Football at, at quarterback. So I know what this kid can do. What I really given the proper given the proper opportunity in a proper system based on his skill position and his skill set, he could take a team a long way. What I really liked when I was watching the and I've never seen him play live, so I'm watching the the, the highlights, the highlight reels. The kid's got breakaway speed, and I even you know like you said he has great footwork, but I actually saw him throw some strikes off the wrong foot or and, and, and a little bit off balance a couple times too. And look, and he still put it where it needed to be right on the money and uh, super talented. I, I, like I said, I'm glad you, you told me about him cause I had a chance to look him up and, and kind of see some things. And I wish I'd seen him play live cause he's, he's actually got a lot of talent out there and, and you're right. He, you know, he, he looks like, um, you know, I, I don't have the credentials you do, but he looks like he could play D one, you know, in my opinion. You remember how I keep telling you about, even on the NFL level, about these guys that can play? Mm-hmm. He's one of these guys that can play. What happened, he just had some misstep. He got injured. That's number one. But when he came back, and when I saw him for the first time, I said, man, unbelievable. This kid can play. And then I started getting – then I wondered, Then I started studying the offensive system he, what, what he was in, and that sort of bothered me because I think that he was being limited. But whatever he did within his limitations, he did well and did great. And all I was thinking about getting what if he was in a pro-style offense, eye formation, splits, you know, spread them out a little bit. What can he do even more? So, so in my mind, based on my experience, he would flourish and, and do it at a high level. Right. So I'm just telling everyone, I found a diamond. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know why, and, I, and, and to this day, and I'm just going to, from here on, I'm going to promote it. Anybody wants to know about a quarterback coming out of high school, even though they got these other ones in Southern California, and, and uh, they, they rank them this and rank them that, and they're supposed to be in the top 100 or top 200. Well, I'm telling you something. He should be ranked right there with everybody else. And I'm just telling you, the problem is there's so many schools out there now, and there's only so many positions and, and so many things. I mean, you got some places you got five deep quarterbacks. Right. I heard about that. You know, somebody mentioned that the other day to me that on campus right now, SC has five. This is before signing day, has five quarterbacks. Look, he could play at SC, okay? He could play right there. He could play at UCLA. He could play, any, he could play anywhere in the Pac 12. That's how good he is, in my opinion. And so. So I don't know what the situation. I hope he makes the right decision. I think he is is, is a kid with, with with upside, and not only that, he's a smart kid. He's a focused kid, and 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 that's what you really look. And he has character on and off the field, and that's what you really need today because there's so many knuckleheads out there. Right. And uh, what I think from a great family, and they and they they they, they support him to the hundred percent, and that's what you need anyway. So, so I wish the best for him, and I'm definitely going to be looking out for him and promoting him because. You don't find kids like that these days, and he can play anywhere. I don't care if it's Division One, Two, Three, whatever it is. That if he goes a JUCO route or whatever he goes, I can know somebody's going to get a great quarterback. And I believe in the right situation, he will just flourish. Yeah. So I don't like I told you these things they got on. Well, you know, uh, well this guy's a four star, he's a five star. Well, in my opinion, he's five star. Okay, in my opinion, he's a five star. 
Well, and, 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 and anybody and anybody wants to challenge me, give him my number, Keith. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> give him my number. I know what he's about. Well, the good thing is, is, is you put him on the map for me, and I'm gonna be I'm gonna be looking out for him, and, and hopefully be able to see some great things for for this kid from uh, you know from this day forward. Uh, before we get into signing day and and that and all the things that go along with that, you mentioned Pac-12, and, and it, which you know brings me you know, the thought to my mind: Does Oregon continue that that offense that they have, or do they are they are they going to change? Uh, I think it hampered. I think it hampered them uh, in, in this year. You know, in the in the, in the championship game, I think it it showed a lot of things. Uh, uh, you know, vulnerability that you you had mentioned before. What are your thoughts about that? Well, first of all, you know, I you know, I, I know some of the Nike guys up there, and you know, I've been affiliated with Nike for years. And I just frankly just uh, uh told a couple of guys that I knew and said, Look, you need to dismantle that offense because they got they got exposed. Mm-hmm. And you know, and Urban Meyer at Ohio State just exposed them. First of all, they the they were outsized by an average of fifteen pounds per player. That's number one. The defensive front just destroyed them. And even if they tried to spread them out, they they still couldn't combat it. And then when they and then when they when they when they confine them to do things that they normally don't do, that's when they're in trouble. You see, Mariota just doesn't didn't play into <clears throat> didn't doesn't play into a, a pro style system. They play an up tempo offense, and they don't slow the game down. They don't they they don't have any kind of pace. They have an up tempo pace all the time. You need to slow the game down sometimes to get your thoughts together. And then you know they started complaining, talking about you know, they started saying about well. You know they lost two of their key players at wide receiver, and when the coach goes, it lost me. He says, "Well, this doesn't matter. I just replaced them with another." Well, that doesn't work because everybody's not the same. Everybody's rhythm's not the same, and I knew that threw Marriott off anyway. Right. So I think what they need to do is dismantle that system. You can keep a little of that in there, but you got to go back to basic football and fundamental baseball, uh, football, and run more of a pro style offense and prepare this prepare, prepare the kids for the pro system. If you want to go to the next level, you go to schools and prepare you for the next level. Right. Okay. Because you got some high school kids that are that, that are being developed already for pro style, and and you need to look for a school who's going to develop you there. If not, if you just want to go play football and say you play for a college team, that's fine. You get an education. But if you have aspirations of going to the next level, you need to prepare yourself. That's that's the problem with their, with and basically with the with the Ohio State defeat of Oregon. I think that affected his stock because now they're talking about Jameis Winston being the number pick overall with, on everybody's board. Wow. Well, I always knew that anyway because right. he was prepared and he's been playing in a pro style system for all the time he was there at Florida State. He's big, he's mobile, he's got good feet and everything else. Marietta has the same thing, but he has to learn how to he has to learn how to play ball again. He's got to learn how to take the, the ball from under the center, shotgun, and everything, else, and and work and, and formulate everything around that new system. He's got to basically learn how to play this position all over fundamentally. Right. Let's talk about signing day. Uh, you you were uh, you were highly recruited coming out of high school. Uh, you know, visiting colleges and whatnot, and uh, you know you have to make a decision and and. Uh, to me, a lot of times it seems like uh, these kids, and it's a lot of pressure on these kids. You know, you got all these coaches coming coming into the neighborhood, stopping by the house, you know, trying to wine and dine mom and dad, and promising you the world. Uh, then they make this big production on signing day. Um, how does that affect the kid, uh, you know, mentally? Uh, you know, are they prepared? Or are they prepared for the circus that surrounds this whole period in their life? 
and, uh, you know, and, and choosing a college. I mean, choosing a college for anyone is, is a difficult decision. Uh, but, you know, choosing a college where you're going to play a sport and, you know, you're, 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 you're basically the marketing for the brand, uh, it's got to put a lot of pressure on a 17-, 18-year-old kid. Well, it, it, it does, you know, and, and I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about my – but I, this is what I, I see now. What I see now with the recruiting process is a lot of these kids, when, when a coach comes to, you, comes to your home, comes to you as a parent with your, with your son sitting there or your, or your daughter because there's this little athletes there. The bottom line is this. You figure out what you want to do academically and what you want to do, and then you find a school fits you that first. Okay, and you want to be a student athlete, your academics is first. Right. And if all of you heard the story about you, so I can't, I can't recall the coach's name. They're recruiting some kid out of the South, and all of a sudden they're recruiting so hard from UCLA. And, you know, and this, this, is, this is brought to my attention today of that, you know, this kid said, well, you need to come to UCLA. And then I think it's Georgia recruiter. I can't even think he was a linebacker. He's a top, he's a so-called five-star player. And then, the, and then the, the Georgia fan, the Georgia coaches found out that the coach was leaving, taking the Atlanta Falcon job as a, deep, as, as a linebacker coach. And the kid already committed to UCLA verbally, and he was, getting, he was signing his papers. And in the process of signing, he found out the coach was leaving. And the fact, and, and, and he was basically going to the school based on what the coach has said. Right. Okay. Right. And the thing is, he did it wrong, far as I'm saying. Well, you go to the school because you want to go there regardless of what a coach says to you. You go there because that's your need and that's your fit. And so now what he's doing, now I understand he's getting ready to go to Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> but, you, but, but you can't hang your hat on what a coach said. You've got to know where you're going. You've got to know where you're going, you know, and stuff like that. I mean, regardless if, if you're highly sorted or you're middle, middle of the line or what they feel about you, you got to go with where it's going to fit you. If they, and, and if these coaches want you, period, but you can be wanted, but you got to have your needs in place before you want to do that. Right. Well, in my particular case, when I was coming out, I was recruited by schools all over the country. I was drafted professionally, number one, by Baltimore High School, you know, SC and all the rest of them. But I didn't pick USC because of the football his, history. I picked USC and boiled it down to three schools, Arizona State, USC, and Stanford. And the reason why I did that, academically they wanted what I had. And then sports-wise, it was USC, of course, was a power in football and baseball. And there's Arizona State was sort of a power in football and definitely baseball of the great people they produced like Reggie Jackson and baseball and Catfish Hunter and all these kind of guys who went there. And then, of course, the great players from SC, Tom Seaver, you know, uh, Dave Kingman and the whole thing. And, and then, of course, USC with the Simpsons and the Garrets and all that. But, but the bottom line, that was my fit. It was close to home. I could play two sports. They knew I could. It was my perfect fit. Right. And regardless of what happened, I was there because it was my it was my fit, not because some coach said because it was my fit. And that's what I try to tell, you know, kids and parents today that I know. Uh, you go to the school that's going to fit you first, academically first. Okay. You take the West. The, the, you, you take like West Massey. Well. He's very academic inclined, and he will pick, he will best be pick the academic part of it, but also he's a great athlete. So, in a case like that, he's got it together. But some of these kids just go 
go to school just because some coaches mean we want you, we need it, and then a year into the game, he's gone. Right. And things change, and they get discouraged, and they want to leave school. Well, see, that, that's the mistake. Whether the coach there or not, you go to the school because it's your need first. Because if you get hurt and get your knee blown out, well, you got to fall back on that at your education. And that's what you have to do. You know, uh, I know I've asked you this before. We, we've, we've always, uh, you know, you talk about, you know, academics first. And we've seen over the years, and I know things have changed, but we've seen over the years, you know, some of these programs, they, they graduate, you know, 20, 30%, 40% of their athletes. Other programs, you know, make a big, you know, make a big effort on that. You know, they're graduating 70% of their athletes and whatnot. Um, Shouldn't shouldn't these coaches that, that don't that don't graduate a lot of their athletes or don't you know these guys are you know low scoring low academically shouldn't they be held accountable? Well, I believe you know I, you know I, you know a lot of people might think it's shocked when I, I say this, but I'm gonna say first of all, if you don't maintain a certain grade point average, and you and you and, and, and you, well you know and I don't I, I don't want to be out and say well you know you know you got to have a. Uh, a C, C, grade point average, whatever. You just have to. You have to make sure you pass. And if you're, if you're low academic, you need to go seek out help. Right. But if you got guys that fall back and get on probation or whatever in your school, then that's a problem. You know, and, and it, it's got to be a thing that you sign to say, say that you will maintain certain things. Because look, that's a priority. When you're a student athlete, academic sports, that's it. And everything else outside of that comes. But in there, those are two things you focus on. Number one, after the, the academics, and then your athletic, because that's a commitment. And especially if you go to these powers around the country, they're depending on you. Especially if you become a big-time player for them, you got to be a leader in this classroom and on the football field, or the baseball field, or the basketball court, or whatever it might be. You have to do that. And, and of course, I believe the NC2A should should uh, should make it where these kids have to go to school and be in there and, and, and watch them. But then as we know, we know all the controversy with the NC-12 over the years and even current day with what they do. So the bottom line is got to be the individual in, in the university who maintains what these kids are about right. on and off the field. Yeah, and I understand. You know, and, you know, and, you know and, and a lot of coaches do take pride in, in their graduate rate and the way kids do in school and stuff, and we understand that. And I know sometimes some kids leave early and stuff, and some kids finish early when they before and going to the next level if, if they're able to do it and they're right. talented to do it, have an opportunity. But the bottom line is if you go to the – you need to come back and finish it up. Yeah, I, you know, I understand that you know, there's personal responsibility involved, and, and, and the kids, you know, they have to have the, that in the, within, the, within themselves also. But I think sometimes, you know, uh, with any kid who, you know, he's this first time away from home, there's a lot of changes going on in life. And, uh, and if you're actually, you know, spending that much time also – playing a sport then you know the, i think that sometimes that the the university should give them a little you know keep an eye out for them and, and making sure that they're going to classes and making sure they they're on they stay on track and 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 can get a get an education and graduate and uh, i think you know it's better for everybody all the way around well i mean you know that you know i i, I think the kids who are very conscious who come from families who who believe in that strongly in that i mean those are above parts if you come from uh, socioeconomic deprived areas, you know, uh, then you might have a little fall off there. But those are the kids that those are the kids that are very uh, needy in terms of what they need to do academically because, you know, they're they're the ones that are easy to fall back in the old traps that they got out of. So, right, uh, that those are the ones that really need the attention, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. 
Let's talk about uh, uh, how your alma mater did on, on signing day. They, they, they say they get they got some uh, some top top recruits. Um, what do you think about the whole, you know, the, the press conferences, the whole thing that they you know all day long and they show these guys you know signing and, and putting on the hats and all that kind of stuff. Uh, what are your thoughts about the spectacle of it, and what are your thoughts of how well uh, you know USC and UCLA and the Pac-12 teams recruited this year? Well, first of all, let me let me say this. Just make it clear. <laughs> all the hats, all the schools. You know, there's a lot of showbiz in there. Look from Hollywood and all of that stuff. I never had any of that. Just sign the letter. Hey, I'm going to USC, and that's it. And you, and you get a little peep in the paper. Oh, so Anthony Davis signs. He's going to USC. You know, he's he's Sean. He he didn't play professional baseball. He's going to USC. That's about it. Yeah. You know, I'm all American in high school in two sports. You know, I'm I'm this and I'm that. But now it's a big spectacle. Four star, five star guy and. And I'm go eating, meeting, money more. Which hat do you get? They pick up three hats and all of a sudden they put a, a Georgia cap on it. And they put a LSU cap on it and stuff like that. No, I mean, it's okay. I mean, if, if that's what it is. But the problem is there's so much hype involved. Yeah. It's, it, all these kids really going to flourish. It's so much hype. Where is the meat in all of it? Are all these guys going to be what they say they are? Well, you know, come on. That's that's not realistic. Right. But, I, but, but the bottom line is uh, it is what it is. This is the day we live in. The, we live in the, in, the, in the era of the internet, the social media, Skype, and all this kind of stuff, and, uh, and and everybody gets hung up on that five, four, five star thing. Well, hey, these kids haven't played yet. Right. They got to get in there and prove it. And like we said before, what school are they going to? Are they really going to the system that they were told they were going to play in? Are they going to do this? Are they going to be starters right away? Are they going to be redshirted? Oh, of course. Now, in terms when it comes down to the Pac-12 and the schools and SC and UCLA. Well, of course, I understand that USC has had a number one recruiting class and did well. Well, okay, how many of those pieces that they recruit is going to be playing right away? And how many of those people are going to be red shirts? Right. And does, does that contribute or does that mean right away that that's a national champion? Now, a lot of the, the hype over, over the airways now is that, well, SC is the number one, got the number one recruiting class. And they're going to be right there in the playoff situation. Well, I got to see it first because <clears throat> Sarkeesian, as far as that season is concerned, has got to make all the pieces work. That's that's here to say. Right. You have to find that out first. The Pac-12 is is definitely a strong. So far as I'm concerned, the the the, the top conference is of course the SEC overall still Pac-12, and then we talk about the Big Ten and searching the Ohio State. So you know Urban Meyer's going to get the pieces and just build around what he has. With the Pac-12, they're going to always be there. But the bottom line is, coming out of the Pac-12 and with these recruiting classes, based on what Ohio State did <laughs> against <laughs> Oregon, I mean, they ran them off the field. So, I mean, so based on that national championship and what the recruiting team, what SC did, basically, pound for pound, they should, they could have been in that game too. Well, do they beat Ohio State? I don't think that. I don't think so. But now that the, that the sanction thing is over, and they can fill it up, and they can fully recruit. And Sarkeesian really can fully because they were the, the biggest thing they were talking about. Well, he, he hasn't had the time to really recruit the people he needed needed to come in the program. He had limited players, and, and in the fourth quarter, they ran, in the fourth quarter, they they ran out of gas. Well, let's see what happens now, and let's see what happens to the rest of the conference in terms of where USC, UCLA, and, and et cetera, the rest of the teams in the conference are. You know, it's 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 it's, it's going to be a, it's going to be a challenge now. There's no guarantees what they say because just because you get great players in the school don't mean that's an automatic win. Right. You got to formulate them, you got to make a mesh, 
you got to put them in get existing what you get infrastructure you have as a program and go from there. Well, Ohio State proved one thing. <laughs> they did it with a third string quarterback who came from in nowhere. Yes, and, they did. And, and they called and they called him twelve gates because he played like a twelve gate. So I'm just saying. <laughs> so that is the model that everybody has to go get because of what they did to Oregon. Right. So in this recruiting process, do you recruit to get back there? And that and, and that's what they have to do. So I'm gonna be watching closely. Now UCLA got some. And one thing I was intrigued about the day they got was Snoop Dogg's kid, yeah. the six foot three receiver, 190 pounds. Now they claim he can play, and he can really play. We're going to see how he's going to fit into a Jim Moore system, and we're going to see how these other people fit into a Sarkeesian system, and everybody else all in the Pac-12. Uh, Snoop's kid can play. He he's a baller. Uh, I, I I actually I've been watching highlights of him for years, and. Uh, uh, watch him. He's been. I think he played. Went to high school in uh, Las Vegas somewhere, and uh, he's got speed. He's got great hands. Uh, I think he had a, he had an injury or something this year, but uh, he's 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 a talented kid. Well, I mean, based on what I've seen, uh, he just he's gonna get bigger and stronger, and he can be faster. He's still growing. Yeah. And you know, and uh, you can say anything you want about Snoop Dogg. At least he looked out for his family. And that's and he he's proven to be a great role model for him. Yeah. Uh, we're going to switch sports here real quick, as you know what it's like to bounce back from injuries. Uh, and, and, and I think sometimes people lose their confidence and it shows. Uh, what are your thoughts on Tiger? Uh, you know, he's, uh, he's been struggling uh, the last couple of years. Uh, he dropped out of the tournament today. He uh, had his worst score ever last week. Uh, he's, he's changing. He's, he's changed swing coaches. Uh, he's, he used to be one of the best short game players in the world. And, He's uh, he's just messing up a lot of his short game shots. What, what are your thoughts on that? You know, let me you know let me say this, and I don't know if anybody will agree with me or not. The women listeners and the male listeners. Here, here's why I think it's really bothering Tiger Woods as a former athlete. I believe it's all emotional and mental with Tiger. Mm-hmm. Okay, first of all, he's got he's got, he got busted with all these women. Number one, he lost his wife and his kid. That just rocked him. To all the public scrutiny he's been through. Okay, it's like when you walk outside. Okay, what are they thinking of me? Well, you might play golf, but you know, look, look, look what you're about. Look what you represent. Because you got to remember, if, if if something like that, I believe that's what's rocking his deal. You know, and then he's changed his golf course coaches and stuff. But I think first of all, I think he's been. And let me tell you, ever since every, every, when that was announced and all that stuff went down with his situation, that affected his whole life. And particularly his golf game, and when you and when you're a great athlete and you have confidence in yourself on any level, any sport, and your confidence is rocked, and you start questioning yourself, because the mental game is just more important than the physical game. Right. And then on top of his injuries, I think that's the number one thing that's really bothering in the first place is his mental and emotional stability. Which as is an athlete, which is really interesting because he is known as probably the most mentally tough golfer to ever play the game. Uh, you know, he's arguably one of the probably the best golfer to ever play, um, and to see to see this aspect now, it's it's really remarkable. I mean, if you'd have said if you'd have said that that the Tiger Woods in 2015 would would, would be eliminated from one golf tournament, you you said no, that's not going. He shot an 80 or something like that. 82 last week, yeah. 
I mean, so he's I mean, scoring, he's scoring like me. <laughs> well, uh, I, I said to myself, man, I'd get out there and have a conversation with Tiger, you know. But 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 I just you know I just think I think Manny, that's the main that's the main issue right there. And then you know the back injury and the knee and all that. I, I believe that comes with it. But right. I think his psychic was rocked when when all that happened to him personally. Right. You know, just walking out publicly and people just looking at him, man. You know, some people would admire him as a golfer regardless, and some people say, wait a minute, man. You know, you. You're this and you're that. So, I mean, I know both of us going on because I know that's what goes on when I saw athletes, even myself, what I've been through. Right. You know, people questioning whatever you can do. You log, you know, you know what are you doing? I mean, I don't care if you are a tiger. Look what you did to your wife and look what you did with your kid. So, and I know that he might say has, when he has his own time and private time, he might be sit that, sit, sitting down, the loss of his father maybe and, and what he meant. And then end of the day, this legendary golfer who died, that was close to him, and then also his wife not being with him and his kids not being with him and wondering how they are. Right. See, a lot of that affects the psychic of, of, of anybody. So I believe that's what's really bothering Now, you, I hope you call us a call in and, and, and talk to you, Keith, and say, you know, they might disagree and they might agree. Right. But I believe that that has affected him in his golf game. Wow. A.D., you have this book, uh, Kickoff Concussion, How the Notre Dame Killer Recovered His Brain. Well, what, what prompted you to write this book, and, and what's, what's it all about? Well, first of all, you know, Dr. Daniel Amen, who, who scanned my brain and and, uh, and and been my doctor for seven years, you know, you know, I and you know, my associate just you know asked me, he said, look, you know, you need to do a, do a book on what you've been through, you know, health-wise, gastric bypass, you know, the you know the head injuries and stuff like that, and and you know, and he said, you know, you need to tell your story, and I said, oh, come on, nobody really wants to know my story, but you know, I decided to do it and came out pretty good and uh, dr amen wrote the forward and it just basically talks about you know my 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 uh, tribulations in life you know ups and downs and it's a menu of things that you know but the crust of it is definitely you know what i went through the concussion situation but it talks about my life in general so uh and you know i just give you a little bit of tease you know i'm gonna give you, you just gotta go out and get the book and you read it for yourself but uh but, the, but I was motivated, and I was motivated by key people. So you know, they need to know. And you know, the the, the complimentary thing that the Dr. Amos tells people now, he says, you know, he is my he is the father of my brain study. And if you go to Dr. Amen and look him up on the look him up on the internet, you'll see your pop just says, you know, me being the first guy of 115 former NFL players that uh, went through the study with him. Wow. Well, uh, it's available on Amazon, and you can go to the front page of uh, SoupsWorld.com, and you can you can click on there. That'll take you to Lulu.com, and you can and you can pick it up there. Ad, before we finish, uh, uh, one other question. Uh, this this year's uh, class uh, for the Hall of Fame. Uh, you know, they announced it at uh, the, on the Super Bowl. Uh, a lot of you know several recognizable names on there, and uh, I think you I think you might know a few of them. What are your thoughts of the the class that they picked this year? Well, it was a great class. I mean, you know, Tim Brown, uh, who, who I know, and was a great Raider, and uh, almost had him a Super Bowl win back in 2000. I think it was 2001 or 2000 against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. No, it wasn't 2000. I think it was 2002 or something like that. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. But he's been very close. Great Notre Dame player, great wide receiver, and uh, and he's very deserving to go in there with the rest of the guys. A.D., as always, uh, it's a pleasure, a pleasure to have you on the show and be able to chat with you. Anthony Davis is here every, every Wednesday night at 925. You want to get the straight scoop on what's happening in the world of sports. 
it's going to be unedited and uh, uncut, and it's going to right from the right from the right from the horse's mouth because the '80s going to tell it like it is, man. As always, '80. Thanks a lot for joining us on the show, and uh, we'll chat with you again soon, man. Absolutely. All right. Take it easy. You're listening to Swoops Road on Talk Story Radio Network, and we're going to listen to Sylvia, and this is called Get Away, and we'll be back after this.
I'm in the car next to you. I'm in the car next to you on the highway. I sit in front of you on the bus. I'm one out of every six Americans, and I'm struggling with hunger. This isn't an uncontrollable epidemic. There's enough food in this country to feed every hungry person. Please, visit feedingamerica.org today and find your local food bank. Every dollar you donate helps provide seven meals for those around you, quietly struggling with hunger. Together, we're Feeding America. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Hey, this is Kate Pearson from the B-52s for Red. Getting drunk is your own business, but when you drive drunk, you make it everybody's business. Don't drink and drive. Be responsible, plan ahead, and choose a designated driver. Remember, music lives, and so should you. Public service message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Talk Story Radio. This is Doc Johnson. Gary Corman. And Alan Frank. We're the Heat, Heat Seekers, Seekers and, and you're listening, listening to Swoops World. Welcome back to Swoops World on the Talk Story Radio Network. T-Bone, you about ready, man, or what? Yeah, I'm All right, let's find your, uh, let's find your, uh, you can do this just right, you know. Uh, you know that sound? It's time for sports with T-Bone's timeout. Or as we say it here, it's T-Bone's timeout. Uh, gentlemen, <laughs> here we are. Post-apocalyptic world that we call the football offseason. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, the NBA is really not doing it for me right now. Uh, it's not doing it for the NBA right college now. College basketball is about to get interesting, but um, you know we talked a bit about Come the March. Super- <laughs> we talked a bit about the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, it was a very entertaining ball game, man. For sure. I don't know. I don't know how much. Uh, Beer you guys drank? How many chicken wings you ate? Pick a pick an average. I put a dent. We put a dent in the national average, definitely. It's good. Yes. Um, it was a weird day. Uh, we were talking when we were talking about Jack Nunn and Rowworks uh, and doing the race down Huntington Beach on Super Bowl Sunday. Ashley and her parents both all did the half marathon oh. in the morning. I got to go there. Oh, fuck no. I, <laughs> I, was, I was there to say, Support. Hey, go run, go on exactly. that the starting line. And I was there at the finish line. In between, I went and had a couple of beers. Uh, that's a Super Bowl very well attended uh, yeah. uh, it was, event. It was, Doesn't Redondo Beach have a Super Bowl Sunday one, too? I don't know. I think they uh, do. But there were like 20,000 participants in this race. Oh, yeah, I know because for like the last, not this year but the previous two years we were like oh let's let's uh let's go get a ride in right Not on BCH. <laughs> and and both times last two uh years before this one the two previous years uh we had we said yeah yeah let's 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 take the bikes down and ride down you know from bolsa chica to the pier 
And no, not happening, man. That is that's a zoo. It's yeah. a, it's very well so attended. It is weird to be able to just walk. At the start of the race, you can walk southbound on PCH right there in downtown yeah. Washington. Just unfettered. Like, hit. Cars have been blocked off for hours. There's not going to be runners there for hours. <laughs> yeah. And then towards the later part of the day, not later in the day, but a couple hours after the race has started, you can walk on the northbound side of PCH with absolutely no anything, you know, with the exception of maybe uh, emergency uh, it's bizarre. It's a weird deal because there are there were people camped out by the finish line at seven o'clock in the morning. It's like no matter who you're here to see, if you need to be here this early, no one else is going to be waiting when they finish. Like it was funny. There was because I've been doing a few of these things now. Right. As a spectator. And, and never, never a participant. No. And you see your person that you're waiting for, and then you back away from the railing, and someone else steps in. There's no, yeah. I need to be here for the whole Start time. to finish, yeah. That's just asinine. So yeah. I, uh, I was huh. kind of laughing at those people. It's like, you really have nothing else to do today? Put a chair out here at 6.30? Because, morning. yeah, because unless you're a, you know, sports reporter guy, catching the people, the winners. The only other reason to be there is to support someone. And I got to tell you, I have done that. And it is boring as hell waiting for, especially especially if you're like, oh, my person's going to run a whatever, a two-hour, a four-hour, an eight-hour, whatever. <laughs> yeah. So you're there for like, at the minimum, you're sitting at the finish line for like 15 or 20 minutes. And that's if they come in – close to where they were supposed to and it, they didn't cramp up they didn't get you know food poisoning the night before some kind of they could be you could be like there for hours this is just absurd it, they're boring they're boring i mean you're there because you're going to support but but it's boring, boring. <laughs> just you can laugh at the people that wear the funny costumes you can laugh at the people that just run like they're they got a screw loose <laughs> No, no. <laughs> mad props to everyone who's done it because I haven't. And whether I ever will, I don't know. Thirteen point one miles. It just doesn't sound. Doesn't sound entertaining to me. <laughs> I've never been able to make myself run if it's not for some greater purpose. Like I'm like running. Coach I'm running, running to score. Right. You know, yeah. points or a run or you know. For your life. The police. Something along those lines. TV. Running just for the sake of running. Boring. I know. I'm with you. No, I do a little bit of it, and it's it's it it's a huge chore. I mean, five or six times a year. I I've told this story before. I I known him for a few years, right? And so I'm sitting over here at the Mirage one day with Tom, and. uh we're sitting there talking and kind of looking out the window, and he goes, "Is that Peter?" <laughs> I go, "Nah." They got him ran by at the stroller. He goes, "Or like a little jog stroller." A jogger, yeah. I go, I don't know. "Peter doesn't run. I'm pretty. I don't think he runs." 
I go, but then it kind of looked like him. <laughs> and it was. <laughs> I just throw that in there for the cross-training part of it because it's, it's not something I love to do. It's something more like, I should do this, which means there's no way I'm going to sign up for 26 miles of it or even or 13, 13 of it. Of it. Uh, one time I tried, and, and I was like, yeah, this would be good goal well that was the plan and then i i just i've had knee problems on and off for a long time and i i hit i did manage to get up to around 14 15 miles in the training to to get to 26 and and i'm like i'm just in excruciating pain i'm like this is not fun it's already not fun as we're talking about it's not so it was a a goal to to just a goal for goal's sake and I was like, no, I didn't. My brother did. My brother did do it. Uh, and I ran with him for the last, like, six miles. Ran, like, next to him, you know, to sort of, like, cheer him on. But, uh, yeah, it, it's – I'm with you. Like, just – there's got to be a purpose. We're, we're trying to win a game. We're trying to score goals. We're running for the police. We're, we're stealing something. We're killing someone. There's a, got to be a legitimate reason to run any sort of – Or, or, or there's an animal that has the same feeling about you. <laughs> Either end of that spectrum. <laughs> when they hand you a bag of sweet potato chips at the end and a, you know. The Red Bull. <laughs> they, they had a, a beer garden with uh, Michelob Ultra. Oh. Better than, better than water. No, I don't know. Give me, give me some good water. I, I'm okay. <laughs> but the Super Bowl itself. Well, weekends are made for Michelob. That's true. That's what I heard. Yeah, I hear that was not a bad, not the worst slogan. No, no. Definitely not. There have, been, there have definitely been worse. I don't know about this up for whatever thing that Bud Light has right now. I think Lone Bra had the best, the best little sing songy thing. Tonight is kind of special. The beer will pour. Let's fix something more somehow. So tonight, better be Lone Bra. Remember that? Vaguely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you might have been on that. So. I, I was fast forwarding through commercials during the Super Bowl because we used to pause it at one point. Ah. And there was some negative chatter from people in the. Uh, in the, in the room about me fast forwarding through commercials but I saw a Bud Light commercial so I was like fuck this I'm fast forwarding and then I start to see like it pan up and there was this whole real life Pac-Man maze and I was like wait a minute and I pause and rewind and I was like that, I didn't see that would one. be awesome I didn't see that one I saw the one with what's his name from uh, you know the guy from uh Malcolm in the Middle, who went to play, uh, what's a meth dealer he played? Uh, Walter White. Walter White. Yeah, I saw the one with him in it. He was in the commercial? Uh huh. Oh, God. Tells you how many of them I watched. I did make sure to watch Katy Perry. Missy Elliott! No nipples. Yeah, Missy Elliott was there. Lenny Kravitz was there. Okay. Somebody wrote a, somebody wrote a thing that said, uh, or no, I was on the radio, I heard somebody got said. I think it was Colin Cowherd. He said, Lenny Kravitz wearing the same outfit he's been wearing for 25 years. Yeah. <laughs> and we can play the guitar like that and get the hoochie goods, but who cares? Yeah. It's, it's obviously working for him. Exactly. <laughs> he's in a t shirt, man. It never gets old. Yeah, man. We'll let it 
leather jacket and sling a guitar. There you go. And the panties drop. Drop. Drop it like that. Uh, all in all, it was an entertaining entertaining game. Uh, started slow. No points in the first quarter, which I'm okay with. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, had the pace of the first quarter continued, the game would have been yeah. a complete disaster. It would have been like that. Yeah, it would have been like that that championship quarter, with uh, Alabama and Ohio or whatever that was like two, three years ago. Where the first quarter ended so quickly. It was honk. like, wow, first quarter's yeah. over? No penalties, no scores, no nothing. Yeah, I think that the only people who were really, truly happy about that were uh, public utility managers. <laughs> Nobody has to pee that bad. Yeah, especially after he was telling us last yeah. week. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it picked up the pace. You know, it was nice to see. We had a couple of turnovers by each side, uh, just enough to make it exciting. Well, and that's something we uh, I, I gotta you gotta give uh, you know, gotta give Carol a lot of credit, but I mean Wilson was a non he he was not a factor in that first half, right? I mean he was I think it was they, you know Seattle plays a lot of games that way, man. Where it's the first half, they just, you know he, he but was, I mean he didn't complete he a was pass. The same way at SC though, I mean, the SC, yeah. the, 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 the Carol was at SC, the, the, they were good, they were great. They, I, to me, they were they were best after making adjustments at halftime. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but, but what I was saying is that like Wilson looked like he was a he was not gonna be a factor in the game. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, over and over and over. He didn't. I don't think he had his first completion until like well into the third uh, uh, second, second quarter, quarter. Yeah. and uh, and and then he became a big factor. So I chalked that up to Carroll. I think Carroll, like you were saying, is is like he made the adjustments like. He's not getting in his groove, and and then all of a sudden he was a very effective doing what he does. Yeah. A little bit of movement, a little bit of passing, you know, just all of it. And that's when the game came alive because when Wilson started connecting and started moving, all of a sudden they started scoring, and and yeah, uh, the Patriots really had to like they it it almost as I think uh, Ad mentioned is. It almost looked like they were gonna run away with it. I mean, at some point they were up by ten. It's like, ah, oh, the page, and they couldn't do it. So when it was a, stay, when, when Wilson is dangerous is when when there's a situation where you have to guard receivers, play for the run, and hope he doesn't get hope. If you do that really well, he still can dash out of the pocket. Yeah. right? he still can, he's mobile, right? And they do a lot of that that, that read offense stuff, which you know which really makes the last offensive play of the game for Seattle that much more bad. Exactly. exactly. I, oh no, I agree hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head right there, brother. <laughs> I mean, there's one of my favorite play calls in the short yardage and goal line situation is oh you're going to load up the box you're going to have nine ten guys in in the middle okay bootleg fake the handoff. Yeah. Out. Yeah. yeah, and you've got the absolute best quarterback in the league for that specific situation. He can run in. He can pass it yeah. to Lynch. He can throw backside. I mean, he could. have... We've seen him do it. We yeah. saw him do it in the. In the, in the, in the and in short yardage, yeah. throwing the, the backside is the easiest. Yeah. It's the easiest way to go. I mean, to just go three step drop and slant. Slant, and and as Ad mentioned, they didn't even spread them out. They didn't even like. Let's make this challenging. They just like let's bunch it all up. Let's help the defense out and then throw you know you know three step drop quick slam. What I think they did is they tried to overthink Belichick. You know, I, I heard I heard an announcer or not an announcer. I heard a, a commentator talking the next day, and 
not that I ever hardly agree, I hardly agree with this guy, but he had a point. He says, you know, everybody was expecting Belichick to stop the clock because time is ticking away. He's not calling a timeout. He's letting it run. He's basically saying, fuck it, you guys sweat it out. You know, because if we lose, we lose. But it, you're, you're overthinking this now because I'm letting the clock run. And I, I think there's some, some, no. some, uh, there's some validity to that, right? Well, no. you know, he's, you know, he's letting the clock run. He's not doing anything. He's not calling a timeout. Now Seattle's going, well, he's not calling a timeout. What are we going to do? Is, oh, yeah. You know, they're, they're expecting this or expecting that. We're going to try to trick him with this, going to trick him with that. Boom, and they, and they blow it. I think there's something to do that. I also think um, I have a theory that I think Carroll decided he wanted to win the game with his quarterback. I think he wanted to kind of give – I think – because Carroll's, Carroll's a thinker, as we know. And he's a planner. And he's a long-term guy. I think he – you know, Wilson's what, in his third year? I third think, year, but he's still on the rookie contract. After this year, he's got a big freaking contract. He is. And I think Carroll was looking at this going – I want to give my quarterback, the guy who I'm going to be coaching with for the next five, six, maybe longer, right? I want to give him, like, bona fides. We're going to win the Super Bowl on his pass. That's why he didn't do the Lynch thing. Because I think he wanted to – I think that was a factor. I don't know – I don't think it was the whole thing, but I think it was a factor. I think that's why. He's like, if, we, if he throws an in, uh, incomplete, then we'll go to Lynch. But – if we can win it on that, it gives it gives Wilson a bit more like leadership credibility maybe, shit. Maybe so, but you know what? I have a theory. I don't know. Maybe so, but you say, you know what? I just still think it's a mistake. You, you the, you, you but I think that's what he was thinking. Him, you want to give him some some, some a chance to make a play? Give him the read option. You know, because he, he can make that. Well, play. again, the he bootleg. The bootleg does yeah. the same thing. It's like, it, sure. yeah. I, but I think that's why he did it. I think it was like we're gonna win on the pass because. You, you know, I've heard so many. I've heard so many. That's my theory. You know, you start hearing the conspiracy. Not you're not a conspiracy, but you start hearing the conspiracies. People are like, they don't want to get the ball to Lynch because Lynch scores a touchdown. And then he possibly could be the MVP. He doesn't talk to reporters. MVP has to talk to reporters. You know, I started hearing all this crap. He talked to the media after the game, though. I mean, I know, but they were saying, you know, going into it. I, I, I don't buy into that. I just say this is what yeah. some of the stuff that was going around after that. You know, I really believe. Carroll's explanation that he gave, which is that he didn't expect to score on that play, but didn't expect to throw an interception either. Right. Uh, That's what I'm saying. Give Wilson that chance, and if he and if he does it, great. If he doesn't, I know I've got I've got Lynch in my back pocket. He just yeah. didn't. He just didn't expect a pick on that. Obviously, nobody does. <laughs> yeah. so, I don't know. I it was. A call that in very, very rapid fire hindsight is like, oh, God, why, what were you thinking? Why would you do that? And yeah. I don't think that's ever going to go away. But I also don't think that we've heard the last of the Seahawks. Um, I think Marshawn Lynch will be back in Seattle next season. I hope so. I, I think that's going to happen. Uh, he, you know, he's got a, you know, he's the best back in football. He's yeah, a, and I, I think that he has done himself no favors in the free agency market with his, with his media stance. And I think Seattle. Let me tell you something. About Bottom that. line is, the guy we, plays football. The guy plays football. So I tell you what, I don't think that hurt him one bit. I, I, and I think it hurts him in, in very uptight markets. But I think overall, I think there's tons of teams that would love to have him. The NFL is in a lot of uptight markets. <laughs> <laughs> it is. True that. <laughs> it's 
New York. <laughs> hey, they say Arizona's the most conservative mark, uh, conservative market for a team. Uh, I, don't, I think I think Arizona would love to have Marshawn Lynch. I don't think he'd They'd much rather him. have him than be playing against him. I think yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Exactly. But no, I I think he'll be back with Seattle next season. You know, I think the money issues uh, are very much secondary for that group of guys. fact that they are proven winners. Yeah. It, it's hard to walk away from being a proven winner when you've been on the other side. Marshawn Lynch spent a few years in Buffalo. <laughs> just, what yeah. the hell am I doing? Yeah. Like, yeah. And I don't know how a guy like that walks away from a situation like he's in. If he does, he's a fool. Yeah. And I he's a fool. He, and I don't think he is. Any, oh, any he's, a, he's no dummy, but if he does, it'll be for strictly for the green. And Even that's foolish, I think. Know, I, I, I agree, but I, you know what? Here's the thing. Here, here's what I see with a lot of players. He's got his ring, right? And that's I mean, he's, got, yeah. he's played in two Super Bowls. So if he doesn't get what he wants financially, he might go somewhere else. Uh, I don't think he should. I don't think. I think he's a good fit there. I think he's he's got teammates that he's got teammates that rally around him when everybody else is coming down on him, you know. And uh, I think he's a good fit for that team. So. Uh, but you know they got some they got some decisions to make because I think I think this is the last you know I think Russell Wilson is only making six hundred bucks not six hundred grand a year you know um, well, that, so he's that will he, change he's, he's looking for yeah. a big payday and, and depending on the structure you know they you know there's some they have some they have some guys that are making some decent scratch where you know nobody's going to have to take a cut and pay to, to pay Russell Wilson but what does that free up for uh, for no. other guys you know. I, I gotta say, I'm I'm not a giant Wilson fan. The guy's got great talent, he's physical talent, but he's got that ten cent head sometimes. Where I think, I think he makes good decisions majority majority of the time, but it's when he makes the bad decisions that are costly. The sack, the sack. Uh, Kaepernick, I think, is an outstanding quarterback. He makes some bonehead decisions. Oh, for sure. But I'll take him in a minute. I oh no! I, I, don't get me wrong. These guys are quality guys. I'm not even. I'm just talking about like, is he? Now Johnny Football is a whole other story. Is he in a? Is he an elite quarterback? You know what I mean? I think he's on the verge of that. I think he has the talent to be that. Uh, but he he does make those ten cent head mistakes that you're like, really? Did you just do that? Did you? I, I, you know what I'm saying? I, I get where you're coming from, but I, I'll take I'll take a non, I'll take him too. I'll take a non-elite quarterback that's been that's played two Super Bowls over an elite quarterback. Oh, absolutely! Who hasn't made it to the big absolutely. And it's, ever. I, I agree. I agree. But it, it, I think this game reinforced to me reinforced that the sack was the sack. He should have just thrown that away. Yeah, he should have just thrown that away. I mean. This is a Super Bowl. <laughs> like, in game but, one, you know, game is, eight even. But I Super think, Bowl? I think, really? I think the guys like him and Kaepernick and, and there's a couple others, they they always think they can make – Every play, play is going to be a touchdown. Right. Uh, who was it? The, the, the – uh, there's another similar – Cunningham was sort of like that. Yeah, Randall. Fuck, yeah, yeah. Amazing, amazing talent. Throw it. He could jump over people <laughs> yeah. as he showed us. I mean, the guy was. But seriously, you know, like not every play needs to be that. Like 
This is the play sometimes where you, you only need three yards. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes, sometimes what you need is an incomplete pass right, to stop exactly. the damn clock. Exactly. <laughs> so, and I know he's young. I know he's he's only in his third year and all that. But no, that hard, yeah. this this Super Bowl kind of reinforced that. I think uh, I think he's going to have to overcome that to really get into that elite category. He's got the skills. He's got the physical you skills. Take, but you take, guys, you take guys like like Brady, Montana, even Steve Young, and, and there. But there's a part of Steve Young's career. Oh yeah, when he was like that. When they, you know, they're, they're, oh, he threw it on the coverage all yeah, the time. Yeah, I remember yeah, that yeah. his first couple years. Brett Favre was like that his entire. Career. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love these. <laughs> but you're right. But that's you, why you, he's you throw, you know, yeah. That's why you had 90 friggin' interceptions in a week. You know, it's like, dude, <laughs> just get rid of the ball. <laughs> out, of bounds, out of bounds, out of bounds. Stop the clock. You, you know, you know, don't take the sack. That that little window between five defenders is gonna close before you release the ball. <laughs> you know? But there are guys that, that will take those. Ch- you're right. You're absolutely right. And you know. Uh, Michael Vick was the same way. I think what happens yep. a lot. A lot of these guys, especially these guys who are mobile, mobile quarterbacks, right? They they think they can always make the play. Well, pocket quarterbacks a lot of times, I think have a better well, process. I think that regardless of style, at that position in particular, because it's so central to the game. When we were talking earlier about. Head injuries and concussions and fundamentals at the youth level, we have a big problem, and it's not just tackling fundamentals and blocking fundamentals. We have a bunch of really bad coaches, you know, physical fundamentals and X and O fundamentals at the youth levels who get greedy and take shortcuts with these kids. Whether it's teaching them how to read a defense properly or teaching them how to tackle with their head up, you know, all the things that athleticism can cover up when you are you know, head and shoulders above your competition. Right. Guys don't learn things the right way and they get by on their ability. And you see that, you know, you see it with guys like you know, Brett Favre, who his brute arm strength, you know, he was not a big. Not a big guy, uh, but he could fucking chuck the ball. Yeah, and he had that release. You know, Marino had the, the combination of the ridiculous arm strength and release, but also a little bit of discipline. Um, but you know, Vic guy, is, in terms of being able to heave the ball with a flick of the wrist, you know, he's a guy who could do it, and he could do it with his feet too. And yeah. you know, when you have a guy who is that. Kind of transcendent athlete, they 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 form habits at an age where it's very hard to get rid of them. Well, and you, they, and when they you get burned when they play against more equal competition, it's just we see it. When yeah. you talk about the youth level, you know, it's prior to high school. You're you're, dealing, you're talking about volunteers. Mm-hmm. You're talking about you know. yeah, and it's people who have the best intentions, right? But yeah. You know, they're, but how, they're, raise your hand if you've ever seen a kid play a sport and he's so much better that your eyes just get dinner. <laughs> oh my God, what could I do with this guy? But you never have to. You never have to think that creatively about what could I do with this guy because you just say sweep, right? And he runs past everybody and he goes to the sideline and turns up field and it's a fucking touchdown. I mean, 
youth coaches, they occasionally hit the jackpot. And when they do, it's usually to the detriment of the player because they don't they don't ever have to teach those guys the skills they're going to need to succeed against more equal competition. So it's just, it's a bummer because you got all these guys out there coaching Pop Warner football and AYSO soccer <laughs> and Little League and Pony League baseball. And they love the sport and they love kids and they want to have those two loves come together in a way that makes a future that's great for everybody. Right. And I think you know, lots of times, lots when of times. You, when you're dealing with, you know. Yeah, lots of times, and even even when you get there, with, you know where I'm going with, lots of times they don't only really have real coaches until they get to the high school level. Now, the, not to, not to, and I'm not knocking youth coaches because those are people who, no, are, vol who are volunteering their time yeah, to, a, to, to do, you know, to do, you know, do the thing, and they're, they're, like you said, they have the best intentions. Not a lot of those guys don't have the the, the training and whatnot, and they and they, they play and they're they're teaching them what they learned when they played, or in you know in some cases, which may not have been right yeah, to begin yeah, with. Exactly. <laughs> in, in, in a lot of cases, it's somebody, it's like last resort. You know what? Nobody else will do it. I'll do it. Yeah. I never played this. I'll buy a book and I'll yeah. teach the kids yeah. how to do this. Right? Yeah. And you know you're right. You get you get some kid who's just an, an amazing athlete, a talent, and you're just telling them, you know what? You throw it deep. And Bobby, you run as fast as you can to that part of the field. And our bad habits come along. Oh, hell yeah, bad habits come along. And hike, hike, the ball, hike the ball to Joe Blow. Exactly. And then if he feels like throwing it, he'll throw it. If he feels like running, he'll run. That's when I think you're forming those, uh, you know, those habits. You're right. And, and you get to the high school level, and it ain't much better sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, because yeah. Of where you go to high school. So <laughs> by the time you get to college, because you're an amazing athlete, by the time you get to college, there's some college coaches trying to break you of some, some nasty habits, which are ingrained in you. And when all hell breaks loose, that's what you go to. You yeah. go to what you know. Yeah, yeah, you don't think. You act, yeah. you. And, I mean, I Reggie Bush is a, he's a recent and personal example for me because <laughs> – he, in high school, was he was all everything, and and a lot of times he made made plays that just, regardless of what the other ten guys on the field were doing, he was going to score. <laughs> and he did those same things in college. Yeah. Every now and then, I mean, he did things that were never in a coach's wildest dreams going to get drawn on paper. And the NFL. Granted, he, he went to two places in the NFL where they didn't have the slightest idea how to use him. Um, but the, then when you're dealing with a whole bunch of other athletes who are of essentially the same caliber, you know, many of those things just go out the window. It's funny you mention it. I was listening, he, can, uh, he still has made plays that just make oh, you go, holy crap. Well, it's but, funny. You mentioned I, I was listening two days Yesterday, yesterday somebody was talking about uh, – it started off with Johnny Football. And then the guy says, uh, you know, the thing about Reggie Bush, he says, because they were saying that it looks like for Johnny Football, the game is just so much faster. And he's not, it just looks like he's in awe of the speed of the game compared to when he was in, in college. You know, he could, he could, he, he could, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he, could, he could scramble and outrun guys on the collegiate level 
and he gets grabbed, and the, those big guys are are just as fat as he is. And they said, and the, and the, and the guy who was, I was listening to says, he says even with Reggie Bush, he says he had to learn angles. He, you know, he, you know, he in the collegiate in high school and college, he could just flat out outrun people. Mm-hmm. He says in in the pro system, he says it took him a couple of years to learn angles. I think I think Detroit's a good fit for him. Mm-hmm. I think. I think they maybe utilize his passing ability, his catching abilities, and stuff like that. And you if you see him play now, and it, it, every once in a while he'll break he'll break some yeah. crazy thing. But when he does, it's it's based off an angle. I think I think that guy nailed it on the head, man. It's it's like he had to learn certain things to make it work for him at this level. So I don't know how you how you fix the problems that are that deep seated in most of our most of our players. And we talk about the rule changes in the NFL in terms of helmet-to-helmet hits and this new targeting thing that we've discovered over the last couple of years. Uh, and you have a whole generation of players that are still active in the NFL who grew up playing it under different rules. It's, it's, it's a tough retraining. And unfortunately for these guys, it's an economics lesson too because if they don't learn the new way, they're going to lose money directly through fines and then indirectly through being less valuable to their team come free agency. So it's a a crazy deal. But the NFL, hey, man, it's making more money than ever. So Roger Goodell's doing something. (laughs) You know, Roger Goodell started off as Pete Rozelle's driver. He wrote a letter. He wrote a letter and said he was. He was. He was uh, I think he was uh, fresh, fresh, fresh out of law school or something, fresh, fresh out of college, whatever. And uh, he wrote a letter to Pete Rozelle and said something about I've always wanted to work for the NFL, blah blah blah. blah. And he started. He started off as Pete Rozelle's driver and worked his way up. He was uh, who was the guy before him? Tagliabue or something. Mm-hmm. He was his right hand man. And when he re- when he resigned or left or whatever, uh, they all got the gig. Work his way up from the from the bottom. Did he really work his way up from the bottom though? Didn't wasn't his dad some sort of politician? Yeah, he was a senator. He worked his way up from the bottom. It makes like a good story. Robert. It makes a good story, man. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well be Roger Bush. Or Gore. I mean, I would say Roger Clinton, but that name's already taken. <laughs> I feel like I would much rather hang out with Roger Clinton than Roger Goodell. No, that's a, that's a, that's a, Sounds like it'd be more fun. We <laughs> know we all like the party. There'd be a lot more beer involved, for certain. He likes the party. Like that. It reminds me of, uh, what, was, what was Carter's brother's name? Billy? Billy Carter? Yeah, Billy Beer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there was a guy who uh, was, a, was a state of the old... Uh... Every presidential family has one. Yeah, At least one. Yeah, exactly. A, you know, he was a good old boy. <laughs> in Bush's case, they actually got that one elected, too. <laughs> I would love to have known W back before he quit drinking, man. There's a whole lot of Sounds people. like everybody. Oh, there's a lot of yeah. people. You can do. There's, a, there's a list of people you have. You know what? I bet way back when. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I worked with a guy once, and he was kind of a cranky old guy. He was fun every once in a while, but he was kind of cranky. And I heard that the guy who and I knew real well was friends of his. He would go, he was a lot more fun when he drank. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Look, poor guy's trying to save his life, man. He's a friend of Bill W.'s now. Yeah, you're picking on him. One day at a time. One day at a time, man. Uh, Serenity now! <laughs> In the scheme of one day at a time, this day is one of more madness than most because this was National Signing Day Yes, indeed. And much like AD uh, mentioned earlier, it's a day of nonsense. You got 12 hours of kids putting on hats on TV. I mean, it's just goofy. <laughs> um, mad props to all these kids. They get to go to college for free for at least the next year. You know, scholarships are like NFL contracts, they're not guaranteed through the life of them. Um, but. Good for these guys. They got at least, you know, they got their shot. Um, it's a weird guessing game, though, because you're trying to figure out who is going to continue blossoming, who's going to put on weight here or still get faster there, or who's going to, you know, who's going to, the light bulb's going to click in all these different ways. It's a big guessing game. Oh, it and, totally is. And all these star rankings that we hear about, you know, this guy's a five-star prospect out of so-and-so. Oh, he's a three-star from here or there. Most of the stars, it's a it's a funny, weird, cyclical reasoning thing where, uh, circular reasoning, where stars are based on offers. You know, this guy has had offers from ten schools, so he's a four-star prospect. So we should give him another so offer. We should offer him because he's got four stars. Which gives him five stars. <laughs> yeah. Really, to see how the whole thing. Works. Well, and and there there is some actual talent evaluation going on at the at the coaching and recruiting level, and also from the media and coverage level of it too. Like there are people sitting around who really pay attention to all this and look at film and evaluate guys' talent, but so much of it. I mean, this is a big-ass fucking country. It is, it is. And at the age of 17 or 18, as, as we know, there's, like, so many variables. Yeah. As you, you already said, is he going to gain the pounds? Is he going to get quicker? But then there's a whole bunch of mental yeah. stuff. Like, is, is this person going to be able to handle the pressure? Is the spotlight, the limelight... Uh, or are they going to then become you know, the guy... Who's trying to isolate that player... From who's he playing with and who's he playing against? Right. Was he great because he had, as AD saying, he was in the right system, and that system will never. I mean, he was great because he was a wishbone, whatever. That's not in the NFL uh, or college or. Alex Smith would never be in the NFL today without Reggie Bush. Right. Because he would never have gotten a scholarship offer to Utah, who at the time was in the Mountain West, picking up the scraps that San Diego State didn't want. He would never have gotten that scholarship. Utah was a good program, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, Urban Meyer came in at the perfect time. Yeah. Uh, but Alex Smith would not be. He would never have been drafted. He would never have played Division One A football without. He kind of got screwed in that. Oh, yeah, he got hosed. I mean, he, <laughs> I think that... You, I think that whole thing about because you're hurt, you don't lose your starting position. Yeah. <laughs> Jim Harbaugh made it a lot longer in the NFL than he probably should have because of disregard for that. Yeah, that's true. So, uh, but the, the recruiting thing is funny to me because there's a whole bunch of people who just get off on these messages. 
when grown men are sitting around salivating about 17-year-old boys, there are a lot of there are a lot of parts of society. Are we talking about the Catholic Church? About, yeah, and the big red flag comes up. Oh, that's awesome, bro. That's a good line, man. This is a big, like, oh, man, I can't wait to see these guys. And it's like, dude, that's fucked up. At least let them get to be legal first. We're going to write that down, man. When grown men are sitting around salivating about a bunch of 17-year-old boys. It's it's not right. That just ain't right. It's the best sport in the but world, man. This part of the process is it just makes me feel dirty. Yeah, this whole you thing need is a wrong. shower, don't you? I remember, you know, <laughs> picking a college under the most mm. lax circumstances that you could get. It was like, oh, well, you can go here or you can go here, and no one's gonna give a shit. <laughs> Your parents don't even really care. They're just like, pick something already. Jesus. Pick something or join the service. Yeah, pick something cheap if you know what's good for you. Yeah. Yeah. Even, even saying, oh, well, you know, I could go to San Diego State. Parents are like, well, yeah, you can drive from home every day. Yeah. No, that ain't going to work. That's not my plan. <laughs> that's, that's why I didn't end up at UCLA. <laughs> really? Every time we have. No. Yeah, yeah, awesome. That's a 40 minute drive, yeah. son. Uh, at least two counties over there. So no. Oh, you can drive there. Shit. Yeah. That was, that was the deal breaker. We all, we all, San Diego State, that could be fun. It's a party school. We all traverse that. Oh, way. and you want me to drive there in the morning and drive home in the afternoon? No. no. Scratch that. <laughs> Off the list. <laughs> I, I, I get really weirded out by this whole obsession with a bunch of kids making their college decisions. It's like, yeah, make a choice, come play there. Cool. The guys that get there, do what you can with them, you know, without sticking a needle in their ass, hopefully. <laughs> you gotta do what you gotta do. I mean, that's the SEC motto. <laughs> and I know that's where we were going with that whole talk earlier about some schools don't really You knew where it was at, yeah, players, exactly. You know, and and in that sense, I feel like the NFL needs to step up and do their part and say, we're going to get rid of this. You need to be out of call, out of high school for three years rule. I think that's a big problem. I think the, Claret, the NFL, Maurice Claret. He got that. hosed. Yeah, he yeah, got hosed. He's not, he was the, one, the first one to file a lawsuit right. that I know of, right. but he's not the last one to get hosed by that whole deal. Yeah. And if you're not sure what we're talking about, the NFL currently has a policy where you are not eligible to sign with a team in the NFL until you have been out of high school for three years. It's the only professional sport that has it. Yes. Basketball, the NBA has a one-year rule. And baseball, you can draft right out of high school. Oh, my God. And in Europe, you can be getting paid at 16. Mm-hmm. Soccer, you could be, uh, even in even American soccer, you could be, you could, uh, did, uh, what was Freddie Adu. He was 14 years old. He signed his contract. Yeah. And I'm fine with that. I mean, high school sports, who gives a shit? about this sanctity of amateurization, you know, whatever, who cares? And the, the whole college amateur sports model is a joke to be Football is. football uses the, the reason because, you know, they're playing, they're, 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 con, they're violent contact with men. So they need to be out of high school for three years to be able to, but, but, but come on. 
There's guys that adult. Yeah. You know what? If you if I'm 18, right, I, I can go. I, I can, can go join. You can order fire. Exactly. Yeah. You throw yourself on a grenade, right? Right. <laughs> but you can't take a hit. But I can't take <laughs> yeah. a hit that I took last <laughs> week in high school. <laughs> Ridiculous. I think that, that's a, it's, it's it a is. Argument. It's a canard for sure. Yeah. Choir here, brother. <laughs> uh, I think the NFL needs to sack up and create some sort of developmental system again because they had. But you're talking about them spending money that they don't want to spend. NFL Europe was a developmental system, man. Yeah, and the NFL decided, oh, that's too much money for us. To spend. So we'll send some teams to play there twice to, a year. We're going to continue to let the colleges be our free farm system, mm-hmm. and I think that's why we have teams, you know, that. Graduate forty percent of their players over a six-year period. I mean, it's, yeah, it's just ridiculous. It's, man. Yeah. It, yeah, and, and on the other hand, you've got teams that you know graduate eighty-five percent of their guys over a six-year period, and even that, granted, it's not ideal. You know, ideally, everybody's coming through there and having graduated, but college isn't ideal. I mean, I think nationwide college graduation rates for the general student body are you know, somewhere. I think, it's higher. I think it's higher, I think it's higher but I think it's over a six-year period. That's what I, what I read. I believe I read recently. And, you know, we can debate another day the merits of you know, the bachelor's degree to begin with. <laughs> but, um, I've had that debate already <laughs> many a time. I think three of us already had that one, right? <laughs> uh, but... If the, uh, if the supposed ideal is for this to be an educational endeavor, then I, I think that there does need to be a separate venue where guys who have no interest in that can exercise their skills without wasting time on the charade of college. Yeah, right, because at that age, three years of not doing that's three, anything. That's, three, that's your entire you're NFL dead. career for most guys. I mean, you're right. dead. I mean, I mean even, if, even if you were NFL ready... If you 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 can't simulate three years of contact and speed and training yeah, and you learning, could train your ass off. you could train. Yeah, you could train eight hours a day. Take those hits. You've lost. And, and you're not. And you and you're not. You didn't gain three years of experience in some right. system. Exactly. It, it's a yeah. It, it's a it's a death sentence as far as uh, career goes. For as many guys. See, here's the thing. We, we, we've gone away from, uh, you know, if you look at the high school campus. When I was in high school, they had auto shop. They had, you know, all kinds of trade trade type classes, you know, and kids who kids who weren't, didn't want to or weren't, weren't capable of or whatever you want to call it. 
had no desire to go to a university. They could go to a trade college. They had they got skills, you know, and they could be working, you know, uh, they had auto body, you know, the mechanic yeah. stuff and uh, woodworking and all this kind of stuff. And the kids, you know, they kind of wanted to do that thing. And then someone went to trade trade schools after that. And it was encouraged. And now we've kind of got away from that. We're going, well, everybody everybody has, has to go to college. And you know what? College is not for everybody. It's just not for everybody. And you know what? There's just, there's just different people have different desires and wants and needs. And we have jobs that are not, that there's no college education required that still need to be done. And to say that everybody has to go and is required to go. Well, and to say that the, you've got the talent, perhaps, to play in the NFL. But the only way for you to get there is to. Spend three years doing something yeah i mean that's that's bullshit yeah. right i mean that's just out now that's on the nfl i think that's on their well the onus the onus is completely on their part yeah no. exactly it's completely on when they make a change maybe we'll see a little bit of a change you know in the meantime i try even to the nba it's I mean, a sweet deal though i don't look, at the look i don't see look, them look rushing to that arguably, arguably the two best players in the nba over the last couple of years have been Kobe and LeBron, and neither one of them went to college, right? Now they have that one-year thing, right? Neither one of them went to college. And you look at a lot of the guys, that, you know, I, I don't, was it, uh, there's, a, there's a, quite a few players, you know, that were playing in the 90s and in the, in the, you know, the 80s and 90s, I mean, a handful of guys that were very successful that went, came out of high school, you know, and just... <laughs> I'm going to try to continue to not give more fuel to the fire for this whole signing day thing. It's like it's like watching Honey Boo Boo, man. The more you, the more you watch it, the fatter she's going to get. You can't feed the beast. I, I had a kid talk, say something about that to me today. Like, oh, well, Honey Boo Boo's gotten so much fatter. And I'm like, you know why? Because you're watching it. Sounds like uh, the ostrich putting his head in yeah. uh, sand there. Uh, you know, we were talking about um, MMA 
of stuff earlier. UFC, etc. We are closer, but apparently there's a bit of a snag on boxing having the fight that desperately needed to maintain its relevance five years ago. You don't think it's going to happen at all? <laughs> These guys be too old to even give a sh- we even care for us to even care about by the time they fight. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, realistically, they're already too old. Exactly. And Pac- Pacquiao is 36, and, I think, and, and Mayweather's, Mayweather's 38. What? 38, exactly. Yeah. There you go. Uh, <laughs> it would still be fun to see. And I'm not a boxing fan. But I love boxing. I would go get drunk and watch those guys beat the shit out of each other. I love boxing. I don't like the this whole pay-per-view crap. So well, that's been... Way. Only I understand. That. I understand that. For twenty years, twenty five years. Talking, you know, and, and you, you know, better go to an Indian casino and see a bunch of nobodies fighting. Well, other. you know, the thing is, is, is when pay per view first came out, or you know, this was basically, yeah, basically when it first came out, and, and you know, beyond going to like, there was a time when you could go watch a fight at the forum, like when Ali was fighting. The thrill in Manila, you could pay a fee and sit with a bunch of people and watch it before. But when you could actually, pay-per-view came out in your house, it was kind of new. So, you know, a bunch of people would get together and kind of all pitch in and stuff like that, right? Now, it's there and, you know, I don't know, maybe I'm just at an age I don't want to go hang out with it, like a bunch of games and, and pitch in money. And so I refuse to just pay the 80 bucks to watch it by myself. Oh, so yeah. it, it just doesn't make sense. You know, it doesn't make sense. And, you know, I, I've seen a few still. <laughs> Thanks to you. What? <laughs> but you know, what, what, what I'm saying is, is uh, you know, it, it's kind of, it's kind of, to me, it's kind of put a damper on, on the thing, you know. And I've been in a few fights in Vegas, and I'm telling you what, there's nothing like a major fight in Vegas. I mean, the, the entire several days surrounding it is just great. It's it's a whole atmosphere thing. And so it's just kind of hard to just kind of go, uh, you know, I'll go pay for you and watch it on somebody's, you know, unless they got an 80 inch TV, I guess, you know, it's kind of real hard to just kind of watch it. I don't miss me. Never mind. Huh. <laughs> don't ever let anyone discount your opinion. Come on. <laughs> we have the microphone. <laughs> but, yeah, like you were saying that fight's coming up, it's gonna, they're trying to make it happen. It kind of reminds me of when uh, uh, the Golden Boy was still trying to put a, another fight with Mayweather. And just you get to the point where you're like, you know, you guys are getting a little long in the tooth to be actually getting me excited about this fight, and that's how I feel about that one. At least in this case, they'll both be long. In the tooth. <laughs> that's true. Could you imagine Mayweather in his prime fighting against De La Hoya? And De La Hoya was a freaking great fight, but by the time he was, they were trying to put that together. And they fought, I think they did. They did fight a couple yeah, fights, right? But he, was, he just wasn't. It wasn't right. Wasn't so, fair. Yeah. Exactly. Not that fair has ever been part of the whole deal, especially with Mayweather. <laughs> oh, I mean, I'm 48 and 0. Money. He fights. He fights. He, he doesn't always fight stiffs. Come on. He doesn't. No. <laughs> but does anyone want to see Mayweather and Maidana again? <laughs> no. Nobody wants to see Nobody that. wants to see that. You're right. Nobody wants to see that. <laughs> uh, anyway. And you know what? He lost his cred when his part of his freaking posse is Justin Bieber. I'm <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just saying. That doesn't help anybody. That doesn't help anybody, right? <laughs> at, least, at least not in the, like, not in the real world, anyhow. I, I, 
Did we talk to Bob Case about that particular part right there? No, we didn't. We should have asked him about that. I saw Bob yesterday. Because I feel like he would have had a 10-minute gold mine. <laughs> just after hearing it. You know, we saw it. I would just love to hear his opinion. Pick his brain about that right there. Screw the fight. Yeah, we're gonna have Bob. We're gonna have Bob back on uh, uh, next couple months, I think. Nice. So, yeah. Nice. Well, it's you know the Super Bowl's coming on. College baseball is coming soon. Pitches and catches that, reporting. I was gonna ask baseball. you about that. There was something going on in Blair the other night. I didn't know if it was. Uh, they might have had the alumni game. Okay. I know they they have that every year where they have a bunch of dirtbag alumni guys come. Weaver Brothers. Squad. Um, yeah, Weaver has been there. Tulowitzki has been there. Wow. Uh, Longoria has been there, I believe. I don't know how much, how much, how much those guys have actually participated in the game part, but they come for the, you know, the, the statesman part. Yeah. Kind of. More of the, more of the guys who played, and maybe made it in around in the minors for a while and are done. They come back and play. The guys who are in the bigs and have something to still play for probably don't really participate much in that, that aspect. Of probably, they're probably not allowed more, to. More of the <laughs> wave and smile part. But, uh, the dirtbag season starts uh, pretty soon, in the next week or two, I believe. And, yeah, that could, that could get fun here. <laughs> Woo! There you have it. Another edition of to us on the Swoops World iPhone and Android apps or to talk stream live app or Stitcher or iTunes or all the, uh, what's the other one? Uh, tune in, tune in app and uh, everything's archived. You can download it for free on iTunes or get it right off of our site at swoopsworld.com. We will not be live next week. We'll be live the following week. Any last words of wisdom, brothers? Continue wrapping it up. <laughs> Dream as if you'll... <laughs> <laughs> You're great, man. Dream as if you live forever, live as if you die today. Good night, all. Good night. The views and opinions expressed by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Talk Story Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. 